This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tubbs, where we put the spotlight on the match play community in New Zealand, carrying off local tournaments, lists, and the occasional battle time. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 28. We're back in your motherfucking ears, and this time we're going to review a battle tome that's been out a while, it's been around the bushes, it's had a lot of success, but we're like 14, 15 months removed since it's released, not entirely sure. I'm not the expert on it, but we have a special guest, and that's why he's here. We have brought on Mitch. Mitch, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. And obviously, we've got Tubby. I sort of just forgot to introduce him and just went straight to Mitch, but that's all good. Tubby, you're still with me? Yeah, man. You've been I'm always here, dude. You're always here, and that's what we love about you, your availability. (laughs) Anywho, (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. I just had to say something. I just had to say something in the end. Anywho, let's let's get on with it. So we're gonna we're gonna we did the storm and stormcast and quorum battle tone review like a year out or a year past since the GHB and all that sort of shit. You know, it had been around for a while. We did that a couple of months ago, and we got generally positive feedback. Actually, we only got positive feedback. No one said it was shit. So there you go. Uh, so we figured we'd we'd try to more of them, given that there's fucking nothing going on in in this COVID world. And um, it seems like low-hanging fruit that we're that we're after here, but we've picked up the Skaven Battle Tome. We got one of our local mates, Mitch, who's had uh, a lot of success with Skaven. He's been playing it prior to the Battle Tome as well. He's not just a bandwagoner. Um, he went to Masters prior to the Battle Tome with with Skaven. And would you do it, Masters, Mitch? Was it two free, free two? Uh, two three before, before yeah. Battle Tome. That is. Yeah, those were tough times. Yeah, yeah. So you did all right. You did, you did all right. But a long time Skaven player, so. Mitch is really here to carry the show. Um, I don't really know much about Skaven other than when I've played him. Um, Tubby knows everything about everything, so that's obviously why he's here, so we'll get on with it. So we're not going to look at every single rule in the, the the codex, the rule book, battle time. That's the word I'm looking for, battle time. Uh, we'll just pick out what we like, uh, you know, what's what you should probably be aware of if you're playing Skaven or if you're playing against Skaven. Um, and we'll probably also point out what's a bit shit and you should probably stay away from or maybe a bit of a trap but a clickbait war scrolls out there guys if there is any <laughs> uh, if it's average you probably won't hear us talk about it so that's how we're going to run this uh we'll start at anyone got anything else to say before we just kick on to the allegiance abilities uh i think it's sort of worth going over what's happened to skaven since the book came out oh yeah, yeah. So in that oh, book... such a good idea <laughs> lead us away mitch yeah, book came out, was it February last year? Uh, and it came in real hot. 2019, yeah. So it came out alongside FEC, and then those two battle tomes were just, yeah, super good at the time. Um, caused a bit of a disruption in the scene. So having myself gone from playing mixed chaos so I could feel my Skaven army to having that battle tome was just like going into overdrive. It was crazy. Um, and since then, it hasn't been buffed at all. It's, we've had points increases three times, I think, and one, I think, one major rule change. Um, so it's still really good. What it's, was the um, major rule change? Uh, the warp lightning oh, yeah. vortex yeah. 
just the range on that went from 26 to 13 inches. Yeah, it got uh, fixed, is what you're saying. It didn't get debuff, it got fixed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you've had two, haven't you? Because um, Plague Monk's got a wall scroll change as well. Yes, true. It's pretty yeah, rare to see that. that as well in AOS. So that... Yeah, I think yeah. the only other time they've done that was with what? Was it Arcanaut Company or the, or the Thunderers back after the first uh, game? Yeah, the, the they changed all the guns. Yeah, the Thunderers got it. And there's something yeah. else as well. Yeah, anyway, this isn't mm. KO yeah. talk, it's Mitch talk. Those are yeah, those are both good changes, I think. Um though you don't really see the Walk Lightning Vortex anymore. But before the change it was just you had to put it in every list um because it was too good. Um kind of the same with Plague Monks. Um but we'll get more into that when we touch on their war scrolls. Um so since then, yeah, we've had points increases on the main on the on the major pieces of the army. So the army's not as hot as when it came out, but you can still do some really good stuff with it. Um, in the current meta, it's probably not S tier, as people like to put it. It's not one of the best allegiances, but it's definitely up there still, I think. You think it falls uh, in that, um, that high bracket, like yes. sort of with Ideneth or a little bit lower? Depends yeah, on no. Ideneth, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it's not like um, Zinch or, or um, what's the other super good thing at the moment? Bent right oh, now. My God, Bone yeah. Daddy's, I Bone a, Daddy's is pretty pretty good. Yeah, so it's not like the the hot new girl at the moment. Um, and there's, but there's still a lot of good stuff in the book. As I said, um, you can still do some great things with it. So we'll kind of cover that off as we go through what you can do. It'd be one of the more flexible armies in the game, realistically. Oh, with, absolutely. With good war scrolls, like you could say, Stormcast is super flexible, but there's some parts where they cover that are <laughs> barely super covered. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah like, you know, <laughs> but, it, but it sucks, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, you, so, yeah. uh, so it's uh, just in summary, it's sort of sitting below that super top competitive tier, and. Yes. What sort of army do you think it is? Can it's a bit of all comers? Yeah, well, that's probably the biggest strength about the battle tome is you can do so much with it. There are so many units in this book, um, so I think there is something to do. You can build armies for most situations, um, but some situations are going to do that. They're a lot stronger than other other situations. Uh, they're not very defensive. I think you got a couple of defensive units. But on the whole, you're going to be losing, uh, I think, losing models. Yeah, I think the lot. defense comes in the form of having 200 wounds of chaff that you don't give a fuck about. Yeah, and I think what's changed about the game is when this book came out, you could have 200 clan rats or whatever. I mean, that's quite extreme, but you'd have around between 100 and 140, and it'd be very, very difficult to for someone to kill all of them. Whereas now you've got some armies that can easily chew your way chew their way through all those clan rats very quickly um which is kind of what's different about them and yeah but yeah their defense is their numbers um no no high save rolls really um you do have after damage saves on a lot of heroes yeah yeah but, but um they're still you can still kill a vermin lord pretty easily apart from the warps here yeah yeah um, awesome Cool. All right. Uh, dive into the allegiance abilities. So it's 
I've got the book in front of me, um, so I'll just kind of go through that in order, mm -hmm. I guess, and pick out the good things. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's pretty much worth reading out through um, the majority of the Allegiance abilities, eh? even though there's a lot of them. Uh, the Allegiance abilities are great. So, so yeah. first I one... Think, I think there's a few that people forget about as well, in all honesty, and lead from the back and scurry away, I think, is what a lot of people forget about, but go oh, on, Mitch. So, so good. So lead from the back... The lookout sir rule applies to an attack made with a melee weapon as well as an attack made with a missile weapon if the target of the attack is a scaventide hero that is not a monster. So simply put, uh, if your heroes that aren't monsters um, are in combat and you've got a unit nearby big enough to give them lookout sir, they are neg they're neg one to hit in combat. So you subtract one from hit rolls. So what scaven heroes are monsters? So what's excluded from this? So the uh, Vernon Lords... Lords and Thankwall. Yeah, so the big, the big expensive points, Thankwall. So all your, all your melee, um, sorry, not melee, all your on-foot small heroes in, what are they, five, six wounds heroes? Uh, also, the Screaming Bells are not monsters. So the Screaming oh, Bells that's are right. Yes. So and fucking dumb. Benefit Furnace from is rule. spidey too, so that's quite a nice little rule for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the biggest sort of get from this rule is that Screaming Bells... And Screaming Bells are pretty much always going to have a bunch of clan rats or something nearby them because uh, they need them to move. Um, so, yeah, more often than not going to be neg one to hit in combat, which is great. Uh, the next Sweet. allegiance ability is what possibly my favorite rule and my favorite thing to do in this game is scurry away. In the combat phase, when you prick a friendly, a friendly Skaventide hero to fight with, you can say that it is going to scurry away instead of making a pile and move and then attacking. If you do so, that hero must make a normal move and must retreat. Um, so Thrill yeah, this is, is so good. It's so good. It's, it's won me. Well. It's won me so many games. Um, you can do it with any Skaventide hero. So some of those, like the Vermin Lords or Thankwall, have that big have a big move of twelve or ten inches. Um, they can command point this um, to be if they want to run. So you can add six to that guaranteed with a command point, or just roll the run anyway, and you might get a six, and then command point it. Yeah. Um, you can just slingshot yourself across the board um, by yeah advancing, charging, and then running away onto an objective. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. If you had one activation, and you just charge a, a hero forward. Um, into the screen that's maybe looking after an objective but they aren't like completely on the objective or not in range of the objective and then you just sort of because I used to do it with skinks with the old weary, weary fighter or whatever that rule was um, so that's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome yeah it's great and it's a lot of fun um, for you anyway for me yeah, yeah. especially when <laughs> some people you know they'll spend ages like with the old Zangor Enlightened you might get as each player just planning out his meticulous attack to make sure that an enemy unit piles in and attacks before him so he gets his rerolls. Uh, and that, if that unit's a hero and then just retreats, you're like, yeah, you've just shut that down, yeah, which yeah. is lovely. I think everyone's forgotten about it one, once or twice and got shafted oh, I, by it. <laughs> I've definitely been shafted by it. <laughs> yeah. I normally forget about it myself until it's time to do it. And then I realize, I'm like, oh shit, I can get this guy out of here. It's also just great for protecting your heroes if they get charged um, and don't, and someone doesn't hit them first before they get to activate, and then you just be like, "Oh no, I'm just going to retreat him so he can live to fight another day." 
it's a super scaven rule. It's real themey. Yes. Yeah, it's narrative as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It used to be just on the old scaven warlord on a four up, but now, yeah, that, that was one of my favorite things about when this book came out was getting that on all heroes. Um, so the next rule is overwhelming mass. Add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by scaven type units when they have 20 or more models. Add one to wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons uh, when they have 30 or more models. Um, this is a really good rule too. Again, it's sort so of good. one taken from the old the old clan rat war scroll before the book. Um, I think it was just clan rats and might have been storm vermin too, but they're now just put onto the whole allegiance. Um, this is great on your clan rats, your storm vermin, your plague monks, especially, especially plague monks really, because they're a killing machine as it is. So adding one to the hit and wound rolls. Once you've lost 10 models from the unit, you lose, uh, or 11 models, you lose that plus one to wound. Um, and then once you've lost 21, you lose, if you start with a 40-man unit, you lose the plus one to hit. But you know usually you're getting something out of that rule with those big units. And with Skaven, you, you want to have big units like that. Yeah, and you, and you wouldn't specifically build any, be building a unit to such a size just for this rule, would you? You'll be building it because that's sort of how you run Skaven and the discounts that you get at 40 units, sorry, 40 models in a unit and so on. So, um, or, or maybe do you? Do you specifically build bigger units just for this rule or are you just naturally taking bigger units and this is just a, a pretty sweet bonus? Uh, I think with Plague Monks and Storm Vermin, you're more incentivized to max them out to 40, 40 uh, models because of this rule. Sweet. Just disregard what I said then, listeners. All good. <laughs> so why, right. so why Mitch is here. <laughs> clan rats, you generally, or I generally like to run blocks of 40. But clan rats aren't for killing, but we'll get into that later. And in the last um, of the four allegiance abilities that cover every Skaventide unit is the um, strength in numbers. So this one is add two to bravery characteristic instead of one for every 10 models in a unit. This is still good. But it comes into play less because with Skaven and Bravery, you're either not doing a Battleshock test or your whole unit is getting destroyed by a Battleshock test. It's, those are the two extremes. And there's, there's not so much in between, but it does help you out when in those fairly rare circumstances where you're taking a Battleshock test but not going to lose your whole unit. Yeah, mm. that's, that's, a, that's a really good uh, Bravery bonus purely because you don't need anything for it to happen. Unit can be out in the middle of fucking nowhere, which is normally where they are when they fail bravery and actually lose models to it. Um, but you still get the buff, so that's yeah. Strong. Um, so those are the four four rules that apply to all Skaven tied units, no matter what their clan keyword is. Uh, and then just to touch on the sort of clan keywords, you've got five, uh, six clans, and every Skaven tied unit has at least one of those keywords. So we've got Master Clan, uh, Clan Molder, Clan Ashen, Clan Verminous, Clan Scryer, and Clan Pestilence. Uh, and what, sort of, sorry. Of those ones is like the most prevalent. Like you don't see a lot of Molder or Verminous, is it? Uh, verminous, verminous is Clan Rats, so you do see a lot of them. Oh, okay, sweet, yeah. Um, so verminous is like clan rats, storm vermin, the claw lord, the warbringer. Yeah. Uh, Molder you don't see a lot of. Ashen you don't see a lot of. 
uh, master clan you see a lot of because that's but that's just heroes that's just graciers and a couple of vermin lords yeah and you do see quite a lot you see a whole lot of scryer they probably got the most units in the book just off the top of my head yeah. i don't think you see um, a lot of pissiness these days anymore as well just monks really yeah just yeah. plague monks and yeah. they're the they're the clan that i know least about um i don't really play pestilence they're, they're just not my favorites um thematically all right so, so so what's your favorite or your your hot pick out of here? Maybe two out of the six? Uh, personally, Verminous and Master Clan. You're going to see the most of them because they're the most sort of general ones, you know, um, the most versatile. Um, and then probably, if you're talking competitively, Scryer and Pestilence sort of come in next. And then Eshin and Mulder are unfortunately at the bottom of the pile in terms of their effectiveness, but there's still some hidden gold in there. Yeah, they they also happen to have some of the oldest models too, don't they? Eshin. Yeah, yeah. The night runners for Eshin are real old. I think they came the out when Mortime came out. No, the oh the gutter runners are metal, and the yeah. night runners are the Mortime Skaven warband that came out in like 1998 or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they got, quite some, quite some time ago. They look like monkeys. Um, it's very, play it's pretty racist. Oh, <laughs> where are you going with this one? They do. They got big hands. They got hands bigger than their faces too. And Skaven have got big faces. Oh. So yeah, they're pretty ugly models. Um, so anyway, these are the next set of allegiance abilities. Apply to sort of the way this works is if you put um, a hero with any with the clan keyword in, you get this allegiance ability. So um, first one is master clan so each time a master clan oh, it's called skilled manipulators each time a friendly master clan model uses the command ability roll a dice on a five up you receive one extra command point that's just really good so it's just like a uh, approach yeah. yeah yeah exactly on all you hear is it's pretty sick uh you don't have a whole lot of command abilities in skaven there's not it's they're not, they're super not as super, usable is it yeah no nah, but it's super handy because you just you do need them just for things like moving and the occasional battle shock test. Yeah, running so six, man. Yeah, yeah, it's super good. Uh, next one is Clan's Molder Prize Creations. At the start of the first battle round, um, well, before determining who has the first turn, you click one friendly Clan's Molder Fighting Beast keyword, and there is only one model with that, and that's the Helper Abomination. Uh, oh, no, sorry, that's not true. The Rat Ogres have that as well. Uh, and for each Master Molder, who is the only Molder hero in your army, that um, that model that you picked gets D3 extra wounds. And you can reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by that model. Yeah, probably not going to see that one. Uh, a whole lot. If, you're, if you've got a Hellpit, uh, Hellpit Abomination, and you want to spend 100 points on a Master Molder to make him better, then yeah. But no, not yeah. really. Nah. Yeah, not, uh, not for 100 points, a D3 heal and, and reroll ones to hit. Yeah. Not, not uh, super hot compared to the rest of the stuff in this book. No, it's yeah. probably the first first dud we've come across. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Next one, Ash. This one's pretty good. It's a bit situational, but if you've got Ash, if you happen to have an Ashen hero, uh, one of, there's two Ashen heroes. One of them's really good, one of them's terrible. So the really good one is the Vermin Lord Deceiver. So if your army includes any clan, clan Eshin heroes, uh, start of the game, pick one enemy hero for each of your Eshin heroes. 
uh, and these are like assassination target. And so you can reroll wound rolls for attacks made by Eshin units that target that enemy hero. So if you have a Vermin Lord Deceiver and a unit of gutter runners, then you pick one of your enemy heroes and then both those units reroll their wound rolls against that hero. Um, that can be really good. Mm-hmm. I've used mm-hmm. I've been using gutter runners and the deceiver quite a bit lately. Um, and that has that rule has really changed changed the game when it does come into play. Um, we'll get I, I want to talk quite a lot about gutter runners later gutter runners later um but yeah that rule can make a big difference if you yes it's a bit of a bit of a tease for a hot pick then is hot it? take yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah definitely uh the next one is the verminous ability again this one's it's pretty cool and if you're running a list a verminous skewed list it's really good um but i haven't ever really used it um so this one basically you can for each claw lord you have which is the little skaven warlord so the five wound you know foot slogging guy uh he basically gets a free command trait um even if he's not your general and you can have up to six of them which i don't think you're ever going to have six claw lords um definitely not at a competitive level uh you don't see a lot of the claw lord he's got a pretty good command ability um so he can be good um, and if you, if you do put him in your army, you just get to give him one of the verminous command traits. Um, and some of those are all right. So there, that one's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's free. It's free on top of everything. Exactly right, yeah. Uh, Clan Scryer, Warpstone Sparks. So this one's really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if your army includes any Clan Scryer heroes, which is the Arch Warlock, the Warlock Engineer, or the Warlock Bombardier, so they're all wizards on foot. Uh, at the start of the battle, roll D3 and add 3 to the roll. You get that many warpstone sparks that you can use throughout the battle. Uh, you can use one warpstone spark per phase, um, or you can only use one in any phase um, until you run out. Uh, you can They can be used in the hero phase, the shooting phase, or the combat phase. So if you use it in the hero phase, you reroll casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for that wizard who uses it. You can do that after you roll as well, eh? Yes, yes. You don't have to elect to use them before. Yeah, it just yeah. is in the hero phase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of that in this book, and I think it was one of the first books to use that wording. Uh, and I got a lot of grief once I figured it out because I'd start using all these abilities after doing rolls and people weren't too stoked about it until you just <laughs> point out that, no, it's fine. You'll get a book soon that will stay, say this uh, it, was, yeah, it was the yeah. same with the rerolls, um, saves and shit like that as well. Yeah, but yeah. Anyhow. Um, so yeah, reroll, casting, unbinding, dispelling for that wizard. Um, at the end of the phase, roll the dice on a one. The wizard suffers D three mortal wounds. So that's which really is good consistent throughout all of these. Though, if you roll a yes. one, yeah, you yeah, take D three yeah. mortals. Yeah, and that's consistent throughout the book as well. You're going to be taking a lot of mortal wounds from your own uh, from your own units. Which again is very narrative. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so that one's really good, and the pinch uh, makes your scryer wizards way more reliable than they otherwise would be. Um, and then, sort of, some a couple of those scryer wizards you're really depending on if you go a certain way with certain builds, um, which we'll get Cheat to later. Spells, yeah, yeah. Uh, the shooting phase use of the warpstone spark is also amazing. This is 
probably one of the best things in the book. Uh, in your shooting phase, click one friendly clan scry hero, then pick up to three different friendly clan scry units that are wholly within 13 of that hero. Add one to the damage characteristic of missile weapons used by those units until the end of the phase. Man. And again, that, you can you can do that at any point. It's crazy so you, on so many levels too. Like, it's not just plus one damage, but it's plus one damage to multiple units. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, boy. So, so say you've got a unit of storm fiends. They've got rattling guns and uh, poisoned wind mortars. You know, the rattling guns all of a sudden they're doing two damage, and the mortars doing D three plus one damage. And you can even wait, or Giselles can do damage three. Uh, you can wait until after you're you've shot with one of the units, and then wait until your opponent's made a save rolls and engage whether you want to use it, um, if you so desire. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's, you do it in the shooting phase. It's just you can do it at any point. That's real hot. Yeah, and yeah. real rude. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? Rude. <laughs> super rude, man. Yeah. I didn't realize you could do it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Lee is not a big fan of that one. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, until the KO book has the same thing where you can spend those points whatever, yeah, whatever after rolls as well yeah, yeah. Uh, and the third one is way more situational and you almost never get used in the combat phase put one friendly clan scry hero reroll hit rolls for that hero until the end of that phase often your clan scry heroes are not going to be in combat um, most of the time anyway so pretty much but ever. that does that is useful if you've got the Arch Warlock, um, he can supercharge his Halberd in combat, which makes it do shitloads of damage. Um, but if he rolls a 1 to hit, he takes shitloads of damage. Yeah. So if you roll that 1, then you can pop this spark and then re-roll it and try and save his butt. Cool, cool. My hot picks out of what you said so far would be uh, Master Clan or Scryer. They sound pretty... Scryer sounds like you're just really committing to the whole gunline in all honesty that's sort of how i've seen it being executed best magic and gunline which isn't too bad and the master clan one's just pretty awesome having a, a brooch every time you use a cp they're, um, yeah. they're proper big buffs that you'd pay points for or yeah you'd almost like battalion yeah. worth sort of buffs aren't they yeah 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 it's probably a good way to put it um i'm just gonna skip you on pestilence mitch because it's like a half page and no one plays pestilence so fuck uh, Thanks, bro, because I actually don't know anything about this one. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just looking at it. I was just like, what is all this? It's yeah. praise get, or uh, There's one kind of cool one. Um, Redmore Plague, we'll talk about that one. So these are no, great no, no, plagues. No, no. I said we are going to skip over it. So, because <laughs> no. I've just looked at the command traits and I didn't realize there was six different ones for each little yeah. faction. You can read your little plague. Go on, what I was won't it? read it, Redmore but you plague? can... You can control an enemy hero, uh, which is pretty cool. So it relies on rolling a six um, for a prayer. Uh, and then it's got a pretty short range. But yeah, you can take over an enemy hero and make it attack his own dudes. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Cool. Um, um, command trace, man. Just what's your hot pick out of each one? Um, yeah, so, so there's a bunch of command traits for each clan. The first three are the same throughout every clan. Oh, thank uh, God. And one of them is pretty good. Uh -huh. uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that can be really good. Um, before you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to this general, roll a dice. Subtract one from the roll if the general is a monster or war machine. On a four up, uh, allocate the wound to a friendly Skaven tide unit within three of this general. Um, so you're just but, passing off wounds. That's pretty, yeah. 
pretty awesome. Yeah. It's the Necromancer ability, basically. Yeah. That's a command trait. Super sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so any Skaven Tide hero, no matter what clan, can take uh, that. Um, the other command abilities that are common throughout the clans probably not really worth mentioning. Um, so it's really plan... shit and you want people to stay away from them. Let's uh, have a shout out. If it's good, talk about it. If it's shit, talk about it. Educate the people why they shouldn't take it. Uh, Savage Overlord, okay. Add one to bravery characteristics of friendly Skaven Tide units while they're wholly within 18 of this general. It's just really bland. and. Uh, I think the other one was, it's was not a way worse. Oh, the yeah. other one's reroll wounds of one for attacks yeah. made with melee weapons. Both, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking the, terrible. You can get both of those things better uh, other ways. Yeah, yeah. you innately uh, get plus a, two bravery. Why would you worry about plus one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, so Master the, Clan, what's, what's your hot pick? Probably the best one is Master of Magic. Mm-hmm. Once yeah. per hero phase, add one to the casting, dispelling, or unbinding roll for this general. Uh, and you can do that after your roll. Um, so you can roll the dice and say, oh, I need one more. I'll use Master of Magic. Yeah, it's, it's per each hero phase as well. Yeah, so it's you in your opponent's hero first. phase. So assuming you guys are alive the whole time, you should get 10 uses out of it. So it's actually not too bad. I just sort of once per, and I was like, well, I sort of once, and I figured, oh, once per game. It's going to be shit. But no, that's actually better. Tubby, do you have any picks for this? Uh, no, no, mas- uh, the, that master, master magic is the basically the pick there. Sweet, bro. Um, yep. Scry? Uh, it's a toss-up between Deranged Inventor or Overseer of Destruction. They both basically do the same thing, but to different units. So it's re-roll hit rolls for a unit within 13. Uh, clans, the Deranged Inventor one applies to one Clan Scry unit. Overseer of Destruction applies to three uh, weapon team units. So What's that can be Gisales or Rattling Guns. Um, or, yeah. Could, have you ever tried that? Could that work with um, like a couple couple weapons teams? Take that, take the Storm Fiends, just make like a real gun line out of it? I'd assume you just take the Rattling Guns if you're taking weapons teams. Yeah, Rattling Gun's probably best because Giselle's are the other good option for that, but they can get reroll hits by not yeah. moving anyway. Uh, and they're, so cheap. they're so cheap, the little yeah, Rattling Gun guys. 60 points for a Rattling Gun. They're great. So, yeah, getting them rerolling to hits is great. So, if you've got three Rattling Guns and you need something, and you need a command ability, then choose Overseer of Destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, Deranged Inventor, if you've got a unit of six Storm Fiends and you want it to be rerolling hits, yep, go for it. Uh, Deranged Inventor. Scrow seems pretty sexy to me, yeah. The small amount that we've talked about, Scrow seems to be pretty legit. It's, it's definitely the most fun. I'm liking what Scrow is selling. Yeah, they're great. They've got really good models too. Yeah. Uh, Pestilence, do you know anything about Pestilence or do we just skip it? Not really, uh, okay. to be honest. I only so, uh, The only Pestilence unit I've used is Plague Monks. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. See you later, <laughs> Pestilence. Yeah. Um, who's sorry, sorry, Pestilence players. Uh, Verminous. Okay, there's one here which is which I love, which is brutal powerful. Fury. Oh, how can it not be powerful? Add one to the wounds characteristic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's that's good on a claw lord if you're using his allegiance ability to get the free command trait. It's not because claw lords also get an extra attack for every wound they take, so that's kind of good on him. 
Um, oh, you get it. Plus three. Plus three attacks yeah. by using Brutal Fury. Yeah, so this is once per battle, start of the combat phase, add three to the attacks characteristic of this general's melee weapons until the end of that phase. So this is by far the best one. Um, All melee weapons as well, and not just one. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah it is all of them. So yeah, on the Warbringer, weapons, yeah. uh, I've used this on the Vermin Lord Warbringer um, a whole lot, and it's amazing because then you got nine attacks with your glaive and four attacks with your dick stomping fist, um, and yeah, he just pops real hard. It's great. Yeah, how, how do you've got some real output with that? Uh, you'll see. You've seen it actually. Man, he's got has a, your dick not been stomped by that guy yet? He's definitely stomped my dick. No, but fists don't stomp, do they? Man. They do if you're on the ground. Dick, I mean, <laughs> he's a big boy. He can reach down. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's pretty fucking annoying, if you ask me. So, Brutal Fury seems like a, a legit winner in, um, in that yeah. section there for me. I'm, I'm yeah. 100% back you up on what you said. Mulder? Do you uh, care so about Mulder? Good, yeah, the, well, if you're running Mulder... Um, there's good luck a, to you. Pretty much, it's it's a lot of fun running Mulder. I've run that list a few times in friendly games, and it is it is a lot of fun. Um, they go toe to toe with Beasts of Chaos any day. Um, we'll put it like that. You can, yeah, you can just kind of make Mulder a little bit better by using any of these command abilities. Either Mulder Supreme or Horde Master would be the one I pick, um, but we can pretty much skip over those. Uh, Clans Ashen have two good ones. It's the first one, incredible agility, this general can fly. So you can have a flying Vermin Lord Deceiver, which is just awesome. And an army uh, with nothing that flies. Yeah, yeah so this is your only, only and way. And walls and walls of chaff as well. It's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, so that can be really good. Um, it's the only thing that can fly in the book. A gen- an Ashen general with this ability. Uh, the other one, which is real hot and I've used at the Shadow last Master. two tournaments, Shadow Master. While this general is within one inch of a terrain feature, this general is not visible to enemy models while they are more than six inches away from this general. So in the sort of in these days of heavy shooting, heavy magic matter, uh, you have your Vermin Lord Deceiver Assassin who can, you know, teleport across the field and then just be not visible to someone unless they come within six of him. And he's, he's also, we'll talk about him in more detail in a bit, but he's also a negative two to hit with missile weapons. So even if they do get within six of him, they're probably not going to kill him, and he's going to get them. So Saves him from all the, the magic output as well, which is what he'd normally eat up because of his good, um, good minuses to hit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can spell portal your way through this. Yeah, an endless spell spell's got to hit him as well. Yep. Yeah, so there's ways around it, but this is a really, really good command trait he should be pretty pretty safe for the first turn though right so oh yeah he's probably sitting near the the norhole for the pluses to cast anyway yeah um which is probably behind any number of clan rats or other scaven models you know so he should oh, be yeah. safe he's for not a, getting, a turn or two he's not getting popped turn one he's no. only going to get popped if you put him out there uh which You're with the deceiver the generally at some point you do want to put him out there but this keeps him a bit safer than he might otherwise be. Um, cool. So we'll go into relics now, or artifacts of power, I mean. So the same deal again. You have different ones can be taken by different heroes. Yeah, and just hot picks or shit picks. 
Yeah, bro. So Master Clan, the hottest of hot picks is the Suspicious Stone. Oh uh, yeah. It's just on so a, good. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bearer on a five up that is negated. So yeah, just you can't really argue with that. It's fantastic. Uh, the other good one, there's two kind of other good ones, but the next best one is Skaven Brew. Um, you can add one to the attack characteristic of any Skaven tied unit. So that can be really good on like Plague Monks or Storm Vermin. Um, Something with multiple damage or lots of models, maybe. Yeah, it's got to have lots of models because it's going to take D3 mortal wounds after it wears off. And it's yeah. for, until your next hero phase, though. So if you get double turned, uh, you can sort of combo this up with Death Frenzy and Dreaded Death Frenzy. And you can even make Clan Rats really good with this. So you have then two attacks each. Whenever they die, they pile in twice with two attacks each. Yeah. It's just a, a different thing on can the old give... Battle Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Staff of Rightful Supremacy, which just lets you unbind and then or dispel an endless spell um, within 13 inches uh, automatically without having to roll. Sick. Nice. Good uh, way to get your Warp Lightning Vortex off the field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then drop it down again. Yeah. Um, short range, though, so that's probably why you don't really see it. Uh, okay, so Clan Scryer. Yeah, tell me about my new best friends. <laughs> There's t- the two picks out of this one. Uh, well, the main one, the best one is Vigor Dust Injector. Um, pick a Skaven Tide unit wholly within 12. So the kind of difference here with, from the rest of these Clan Scry artifacts is it's you can use it on a Skaven Tide unit, not a Clan Scry unit. So you can do it on anything. Add one sure, to charge quite rolls. quite a good feature. Yeah, sorry, add one sorry, to charge rolls, charge rolls and hit rolls until the end of your next hero phase. And then it suffers D3 mortal wounds. Um, so this is good on yeah, a lot of things. Um, it's just going to help you get into combat a bit quicker with that plus one to charge. Um, or you put it on Storm Fiends to add one to the hit rolls for shooting. So that's hit rolls, shooting, or combat phase. Um, yeah, it's just a good force multiplier. Uh, the other one, Vial of the Fulminator, is pretty good if you're running Doom Wheel. Uh, you can double a War Machine's move um, for a turn, for a movement phase. Or that can be good. Warp Lightning Cannons too, if you just wanted to get a sneaky extra few inches on your Warp Lightning Cannon. Um, but those two units, you don't really see that much anyway. So Vigor Dust Injector is the pick for Scryer Artifacts. Does the um does the Doom Wheel, Doom Wheel is it able to double its movement anyway? Is it uh, like a scroll? No, or am I thinking no, no. things? No, I'm making it up. Yeah, that's that's a different. No, it's got a different ability on the scroll. I'm pretty oh, sure. No. We'll read yeah. it in a couple minutes anyway. Uh, Pestilence, Liber Bonicus is probably the, the one. Again, I don't really know much about Pestilence, but you get an extra prayer. Um, yes. So that's, you can't, can't say Solid. no to that, really. Uh, yeah. And Verminous have a couple of good ones. Uh, Things Bane is my favorite. Add one to the damage characteristic of one of your weapons. So this goes on a Vermin Lord Warbringer, put it on his Glaive, which normally has six attacks and does D3 damage. Uh, if he's got Brutal Fury as well, for a turn he's getting 9 attacks with D3 damage, uh, so it just turns him into an absolute monster. And what's the other one? Uh, you can only pick one, can't you? And the other mm. one is less dice. Yeah. yeah so you want to... hands or whatever you guys call them. Gives you a hard hand job. No yeah. loop, no spit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the other... Um... Another good one for Verminous is Shield of Distraction, though I haven't ever justified this over Thingsbane myself. Uh, reroll save one 
save rolls of one for attacks to target the bearer. Yeah, that's okay. At the start of the combat, pick one enemy model within three inches of the bearer. Subtract one for hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by that model in the combat phase. Um, if we were in a really heavy monster combat meta right now, uh, that would be really good, I think. Um, yeah, so those are my two that I'll pick out for Verminous. They, yeah, they, can, they can stick with the um, shit, the allegiance ability for minus one to to hit a hero. A look at, sir. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not going to get on the... You're not going to get that on the Warbringer. Um, but this would be good on a Claw Lord, yeah, to make yeah. him minus two to hit. Yeah, so a small little character. So some... Yeah. Because if you've got a Claw Lord, you probably want to keep him alive because he's got a good command ability. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of minus ones to hit out there, but as soon as something's minus two to hit, you're just like, what the actual fuck? You know, this, yeah. is, this is a bit lame. Um, next clan is Clan Mulder. The one good one here is Rabid Crown. Reroll wound rolls for attacks made by Clan Mulder pack units. So that's rat ogres or giant rats. Um, but on rat ogres, that's really good. Mm. Uh, if they're with wholly within 13 inches of the bearer. So yeah. again, you don't really see Clan Mulder much, but if you do... Uh, you want that artifact, I think. That'll work on their shooting attacks, too? Uh, if they had shooting attacks in Clan Mulder. Oh, yes. do, oh, do the, oh, no, the, the Red Ogres, the Red Ogres do. not have it? Oh, yeah. No, the Red Ogres do. Sorry, you're right. They've got that. It hits on a five, though, so I always yeah. forget about it. <laughs> um, and then Clan Ashen, probably they've got the most good ones, I think. Uh, the best one is the Norbomb. Uh, once per battle in your hero phase, pick one terrain feature within six inches of the bearer. Until your next hero phase, that terrain feature has the scenery rule from the Norhol War Scroll, in addition to scenery rules it already has. Um, so the trick here is your Vermin Lord Deceiver can have a Norbomb, and he can skid a leap anywhere on the table, which is a teleport. So he can just pop over to a terrain piece and turn it into a Norhol, and then you can send a Skaven unit through one of your Norholes and he can pop out off that terrain piece and be right in someone's face. So what are uh, you... Um, do you want to explain sort of what you've been doing with this to um, uh, make it super effective? I've been putting Storm Fiends through that Norhole um, and then also having another... A Scry Wizard get skittily over as well. Uh, and then I use the Warp Grinder to bring up a screen of Clan Rats around those Storm Fiends and two Wizards. So then basically what you've got, you've got your Deceiver, an Arch Warlock, six Storm Fiends and 40 Clan Rats sitting right in your, your opponent's face. And those Storm Fiends are going to shoot the hell out of them um, and with lots of rerolls and lots of cluster damage. Um, and then you've got that screen of Clan Rats there to, um, to soak up any charges. And it's been pretty good. Uh, it's a real good time. Yeah, one of the harder things about the Storm Fiends is getting the Rattling Guns into range, is it? Yes, so the Rattling Guns so have short. a 12-inch yeah. range, so this can get you within range of something. It's still not going to be getting deep behind your opponent's lines, but the Rattling Guns are going to be able to clear out what's at the front of your opponent's army. Yeah. And so in theory... the Poison Wind Waters, they've got a massive range, so they'll just hit anything. Yeah, yeah. so the theory is to remove the, the front unit screens or a couple units of screens or whatever with the rattling guns and then shoot shit deep in the back with the um the wind launchers. Yep, exactly. And then Storm Fiends, even if you've got them loaded out for shooting, they're still pretty good in combat. So Man, they're way good in combat still. And they get the yeah. buff. The spell buff carries over as well to the combat phase. Yep, the rerolls 
to hit wounds. Um, the they're scary, scary boys. Yeah, so that's a good trick with them. You could use that for other things, but I think my favorite storm fiends. Um, but just having that ability to teleport anywhere on the board, I kind of started doing that because I saw a lot of lists with the with the soul screen bridge and storm fiends, uh, and I thought, yeah, that's a really good way of getting storm fiends up the board. But um, everyone else is doing that, so I want to do something different. So I started using this, and it's it's great. Yeah, this is guaranteed too. You don't have to cast. Exactly. Re yeah. Realistically, Skaven's casting isn't super flash compared to some of these things that are coming out. Yeah, that's right. That? Yeah. yeah, I agree. They got good spells oh. and some bonuses to casting, but it's not like. Uh, oh, they're definitely not a bad casting army. What? What's no. But but they're not Seraphon. They're not yeah. Seraphon or, or Nagash. Yeah. Do you lads remember when Skaven first came out, and they were like the first Lebon Feck were the first sort of army to have. Um, wizards on foot, so like five, six point wizards that had two spells. And everyone was like, what the fuck? This is two spells, so like 120 points or whatever the, the cost yeah. was. just crazy. Um, because the old rule was like 100 points per, per cast, effectively. Um, or, yeah, per cast attempt. So um, I think they've got good spells, and I think they're a good magic army. I think they're somewhat reliable because they can place no holes and give themselves pluses one. So they might not have the inbuilt pluses outside of. I think Fankhall has pluses to cast, doesn't he? When he's not here. Yes, plus two. Yeah, so I think the ability to put arcane in your in your territory, which stacks with arcane, is just like well, the no hole being arcane in this case, and it stacks with arcane is pretty sweet. Better than Stormcast, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and the other great thing about the Nor bomb is in that list I just talked about. When you skittle leap the arch warlock over, he's now next to an arcane piece of terrain, yeah. um, no matter what it is. So he can do his warp lightning spell. Um, the other good Eshin one is shadow magnet, shadow magnet trinket. Um, once per battle, the bearer can fight at the start of the combat phase before players pick any other units to fight in the combat phase. Can't fight again unless he has an ability. And that can go on a big chunky lad. Yes, it can go on into Vermin Lord Deceiver. Um, I personally think the Norbomb's a lot better because it plays more into Skaven's strengths. Um, Skaven aren't super fighty. Even their super fighty dudes aren't super fighty. Um, but yeah, this is a good way to sort of get your Deceiver in to do something before he gets mangled by a Keeper of Secrets or something like that. Um... Yeah, the other Eshin stuff is kind of fun, but not super worth going into. Uh, and then we've got the spell laws. So the law of ruin is for Gracias only. Um, these are pretty good, right? Like the yes, the majority ones are, are good. Are any of these bad? Uh, Scorch and Splinter aren't aren't great. They're not bad, but they're just yeah. outshined by the rest. That's the first two. Um, yeah, this kind of average compared yeah. to the rest skitter leaps amazing uh of course so you just teleport a skaven tide hero with a wounds characteristic of 12 or less so anything except thankful or the bells or the furnace and set them up nine away from enemy units um plague is a horde killing spell five up for each model in the unit that it's targeted within 13 um so this one's kind of not as good as the other three either but it's still pretty good. Uh, Death Frenzy is amazing. 
So this yeah. is one of the this is probably the best version of this in the game, from what I understand. So casting value seven. If successfully cast, pick one friendly Skaventide unit that is not a hero, which is wholly within thirteen of the caster invisible to them. Until your next hero phase, when a model from that unit is slain, before it is removed from play, it can make a pile and move and then attack with all of the melee weapons it's armed with. So key there is that it's not specifying combat phase uh, or anything like that. Correct. So if they're in combat um, and they get shot or magicked to death, then they get to pile in and attack. Yeah. Charge damage, all of it. It gets around all of that, all of that shit. Yeah. 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 That's super hot. Yeah. Uh, even if you shoot at it, like even if the unit's in combat and it's a shin phase and you shoot it with a unit that isn't in combat with it, um, then it gets a pile and attack the other unit because it's just until your next hero phase when a model is slain. So you can die in almost any phase these days. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, the thing to play, the thing to watch out for with here with how you play it. Just to just to get it right, and I got this wrong for ages. Is that comes in with that um, strength and numbers allegiance ability, where if you've got twenty or more models, you get plus one to hit; thirty or more, you get plus one to wound. Um, so you've got to make sure. Say you've got thirty-five dudes in the unit, and then five of them die, and you pile. Oh, sorry, and then ten of them die. So you're going to pile in an attack with ten models. Five of those are going to get plus one to wound, and five of those aren't. So you've just got to be careful with that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, because. They get taken off one at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I've heard people talk about um, because Battleshock counts as slain, you can do it in the Battleshock phase, but I don't think that's right. Um, doesn't make sense to me thematically um, or with like the intent of the rule. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I'd have to look at the, um, the, all the wording for, for removing casualties from Battleshock and that at the same time. I'd almost well, I'd disagree with yeah. you because it says when a unit is well, when a model is slain, and if Battleshot counts as being slain, I'd say that it's you get to do it then. But I think what you're saying is right, Mitch. That the intent was probably not, um, you know, not for that to happen because I guess the way you could say is if a model was removed as a casualty or something, but that's just a bit janky, like wording wise. Anyway, it's a lot of words, but I'd almost yeah. fall on the other side of what you guys are saying. Well, that's right. It's, the intent feels kind of wrong. Read it either way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I'm not sure about with this um, is, say my unit of plague monks is four inches away from your unit and they get shot, can I then pile in and hit you? Or say they're three point five inches away. You're not el- you're not eligible to pile. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. The next one is Warp Gale. This one's pretty good too. Uh, so Twenty six range. 26-inch range, D3 model wounds, uh, half any run or charge rolls for that unit that is targeted until my next hero phase. If it can cannot fly, fall. it cannot fly. Fuck you. Uh, you you're going to crawl. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, I mean, it, the, it's, the range is so good. Yeah, awesome. Cast on an 8, however, so you probably want to put that on your, your fan core if you're sitting next to a Norhole or something. Cause that yeah, it's super or... good on Thankwall. Uh, I normally give him that spell. If I yeah. him, huge range. Um, you can hit yeah. people from, you know, you from the start of turn one and in the long deployments, the twenty-four deployments. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to mention about all these Gracia spells is that they are all sort of 
slightly worse versions of all the vermin lord spells and some of them can stack with the vermin lord spells so we'll get into that when we yeah, they have different lords. names don't they yeah yes yeah, yeah. uh clan scryer spells so clan scryer wizards can know either one of these three spells there's one that's amazing yeah uh, and it's called more 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 warp power casting value seven prick one friendly clan scryer unit wholly within 12 of the caster and visible to them you can reroll hit wounds Sorry, reroll hit and wound rolls for that unit until your next hero phase. At the end of your next hero phase, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So, so this, this is bread is, and butter. Yeah. This is if you're running Clan Squire stuff, you have this spell. That's just how it is. Um because Stormfiends rerolling hit and wound rolls with their shooting and in combat too is just phenomenal. Um you can put it on other stuff like the rattling guns, but that D3 mortal wounds means you've got to be prepared to lose that rattling gun. But that can still be good. A little good, a good little trick is cast it on a rattling gun, send that rattling gun through a gnaw hole, just have him pump out as much as he can into something and he dies. And that's 60 points, or sorry, 70 points off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it's 70. Um, so you're not losing. It doesn't really cost you much to do that, and you can do heaps of damage to a chaff wall with that. Uh, this is also really good on Doom Wheels. Um, you might want to use it on Gisales if you really need to move your Gisales up, because the thing with Gisales is they reroll hit wound, they reroll hit rolls if they haven't moved. Um, but say if you really need them to move and really need them to hit, you can cast this on them. But so the payoff is D3 mortal wounds when it wears off. Yeah, that's um. The storm fiends can soak it pretty well, but I think the other ones oh, are yeah. squishy in this. So this is built for storm fiends. Yeah, absolutely built for storm fiends. Because with the storm fiends, if you've if you're using them as a shooting unit, you've got two models there that have seven wounds each. So yeah. if you've got a unit of six, uh, you've got two models there with seven wounds each, just uh, that a combat loadout that don't have a shooting attack. So they're just there to soak up this. Um, yeah, until yeah. And then it's pretty, yeah, it's real good. The other two scry spells are just average. Um, yeah, whatever. Just And the next thing in the book is Norholes. So these are the terrain piece, and these no. are pretty good. You rate them? Yeah, they're free, so yeah. I can't say no to them. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, plus one... To, so they act as arcane for Skaven and deadly for other people. They go down wholly within eight inches of any board edge and the usual rules for away from scenery and objectives. Um, my first use for them is for arcane scenery for me. Um, and then they're for teleporting. So that's the other part of them is I can go... Yeah, right. send one, one, one unit a turn can go through this hole and come out of another one. They've got to start and end wholly within six of that Norhol, and they've got to end nine away from the enemy, and they've got to have a hero within six of the starting Norhol. So there's a few conditions to do it, but you can pull some sneaky little tricks with going through them. I find more often than not I don't go through them. Um, do you find people put models and allocate stuff every to sitting on? Or near your your nor holes, even if it's completely useless. Yeah, most yeah. of the time when I seem to watch people playing Skaven players, I see 
units sitting on Norhols when the Norhols not going to do fuck all. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? So that's, or that's the like, second use for them, really. Yeah, so yeah. It's just I, they're easy to up. misplay around, I think. Yeah, they're good for tying up a unit. And it's always going to be a shit unit, but it's just you can just do that. And then someone's going to leave their unit of five or ten uh, dudes on that Norhole all game. Yeah. And then when they need those five or ten dudes on an objective, um, they don't have them. Or their screen. Their screen's gone missing now because one of them's just strung across your nor holes on the backboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anything else for nor holes do you want to talk about? No, I think you already covered it off, mate. Um, yeah. Cool, you right, want to talk so about, the, talk about... the custom scenario that's in here? Yeah, and Why? Oh, my God. Uh, I want to trigger a couple people. So what I do is I normally glue stick my path to glory and narrative oh section God. together <laughs> you can't so you can't cut it out because on the back of the pages it normally has like actual rules like your yeah. terrain piece or like uh whatever other shit's on the other side of it <clears throat> but that's going to annoy some book nerds i feel no, I, I think it's sort of fair game, to be honest, my friend. Like, oh, I just skip through it every time. You're like, yeah, after glory, I don't, get the fuck out I, of here. I don't mind it being there, but I just wish it wasn't behind the allegiance, the spell, between the allegiance spells um, and artifacts, and then between the, the battalions. Like, put it before all of it. It's just, it's, I don't have an issue with it being there. It's just so fucking poorly placed. It's in the wrong spot, yeah. Oh. oh. So, hot set, glue stick it together if you hate it. I quite like that. I think that's quite a sweet tip, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, anywho, um, War Scrolls. Uh, yeah. So, I, I don't, I mean, not War Scrolls, I mean, Battalions. I, I never see the, Battalions get played for Skaven, so what's what's up with that? It's because most of them aren't that good and they cost a lot. Um, that's the short answer, really. You can have some fun with them. They're, some of them are great for themed or uh, fun lists. But if you're trying to win a tournament, you're probably not going to take a battalion. The one that I've taken and done the best with is the Claw Horde. Um, so that is um, a Clan Verminous battalion. It's got one Claw Lord, one to three units of Storm Vermin, two to nine units of Clan Rats. Uh, when the Claw Lord from this battalion uses his command ability, which is um, that gives plus one attack to a unit within mm -hmm. holy within thirteen. You can use it on all units in this battalion instead of one. Um, when I took this battalion, it was to get low drops, and I never ever used the ability once. Um, that was just for one tournament. I think I did it in a few practice games. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not great. Actually, it's alive. I've seen Congregation of Filth a couple of times. Yeah, that's the other. That's probably just, the best uh... one. Because it's just two, one. yeah, two units of plague monks and a or two plus units of plague monks and a plague priest on plague furnace. Yeah, which is probably taking you away. Yeah, if you're running pestilence, you got you're just going to put this in because then you get a six up uh, ward save on your plague monks if they're near that furnace. So that was really any, good. Any number of units too, which is super super nice. Yeah. Are they expensive the clans voids wise generally? Uh, yeah. I don't really know off my head. I know the Claw Horde is 180. On the yeah. whole, yeah, they're super, super expensive. Like the Clan Scryer one is like, yeah, you've, it's just stupid. 
Do you think that could be why you don't see them? Do you think if they got a, a point smack, they could be yeah. like in a playable zone? Because obviously at the moment where they're sitting, um, they're like a, a shitty unit in game, you know? Like, do they need a points reduction or are the, war, are the battalions themselves just bad? No, see, I'd take them. I'd definitely be more inclined to take the Claw Horde, especially, uh, and some of the Scry ones. Maybe the Claw Horde because just to get an extra artifact... Uh, and command point, if it was cheaper, yeah. Yeah. Um, because those units, Thorlord, Stormvermin, Clan Rats, I can, I can put those in a list um, fairly happily. Uh, something to be said for all these battalions, like the Eshin one and the Molder one. If you're running a mono clan list, like if you're running a Molder list, then the mm-hmm. battalion is great. If you're running an Eshin list, then the battalion is great, but. If you are trying to win a tournament, you're probably not doing either of those. And if you are, you you have to play your little socks off. Um, but you can have a lot of fun, definitely. Um, I th- I kind of hope the clan scry one. So how it works is you buy the sort of parent battalion, and then you buy two to five child battalions between that. And, and I it think just if counts they... as one, but it just counts as one battalion though. Yes, and it yeah. will cost you about three hundred points. Um, if they split these up to be, you could just buy them individually. Then I think that would work for for some of them. But even then, the abilities on them aren't super hot. Yeah, so they're not really a battalion heavy army. Old old rat boys. Yeah. So you're yeah, generally so going in with high drops. High absolutely. drops, one artifact, that sort of that sort of yeah. carry on. Yeah. yeah, generally, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It's a shame because some of those artifacts were um, were quite good. Yeah, it definitely makes you think about which artifact you really need. Yeah. Especially because mm. with Skaven, you often have quite a lot of heroes, um, four or five, and then you th- you've really got to make that decision of, you know, do I want my Warpseer to be a little bit more unkillable or do I want my Warbringer to be more, way more killy, you know? So it makes you make those decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a kind of the first letdown of the book is that not overly practical battalions or useful battalions, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I, it's, I guess it is what it is. Cool. So there's some good War Scroll Battalion chat there. So why don't we go into the meat and potatoes of, of any battle time uh, the War Scrolls, the units themselves. What's hot? What's not? What do we like? You know, what's a bit average? Mitch. You want to run us through this, man? Starting yeah, from, I guess, brutal, just like man. Just yeah, brutal. From the yeah, this, because you've been a bit positive days. so far, so yeah. it's a bit annoying. Oh, the, we're gonna, there's some absolute trash in the war squirrel section. Yeah, um, Fankel's pretty awful. Eh? The first one, Fankel's my best friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the, he's the first one. So yeah, we'll talk about Fankel. Um, yeah, man. Name characters always at the start. Yeah. So. Generally, in the, the perception of Thankwall is that he's not competitive, but I think he is. Incorrect. He's four hundred points. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I love him. Um, just for the amount for what he can do, he's I think he's perfectly costed. Because uh, we'll kind of go through it and then talk about it. So he's got some melee attacks and some shooting attacks. You can kit him out for melee or shooting. Um, yeah, why don't you just quickly touch on the uniqueness of his weapon layout? Yeah, okay. So he, you can... He's got four arms or some shit? 
Yeah, he's got four arms. Well, Bone Ripper has four arms, so he rides this giant storm fiend. Well, it's four storm fiends that have been stitched together um, called Bone Ripper. Uh, and you can choose any combination of these two weapon options, uh, and you have a total of four. So Warp Fire Braziers or Warp Fire Projectors. So Braziers are combat and projectors are shooting. Um, so the combat... So the braziers first. The attack characteristic for this model's warpfire braziers is equal to double the number of warpfire braziers that Bone Ripper is armed with. So he can be armed with between one and four of these. Um, so if you have four of them, he gets eight attacks with them. Um, threes to hit, threes to wound, rend two, damage three. So it's a it's a pretty good profile when you look at it like that. It is, yeah. yeah it's really like good. Eight attacks, threes, threes, right? Two damage three. It's pretty consistently good. You probably wound about five times. I don't know. Yeah. Um, six times. But then you go on to the, the warp fire projectors and you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> do not use the attack sequence for an attack made with warp fire projectors. Instead, roll X dice for each model in the target unit that is within eight inches of this model. So you can pick one target unit for this. Where X is equal to the number of warp fire projectors this model is armed with for each four up the target unit suffers one mortal wound so you can have between one and four of these warp fire projectors uh i guess i've only ever ran him with four warp fire projectors to be honest and uh, so basically what that means if you yeah, got balls out yeah 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 so if you've got a unit of say 10 models and 10 of those models are within range of within eight inches of think wall you roll 40 dice and each four up to the mortal wound yeah, so you're killing that unit twice over on averages, assuming they're one wound apiece. Yeah, and because you should be doing about you should be doing forty mortal. I mean, twenty mortal wounds on forty dice. Yeah, and assuming they don't have a mortal wound save. Mm-hmm. Uh, even against models that do have multiple wounds and a mortal wound save, like say half guard, half guard berserkers, Thankwell will take off way more of them than anything else in the army will. Is that a dig at our friend Sloan? Because uh, <laughs> that's a bit worried. <laughs> I wasn't going like to mention Sloan. that. Well, you, I, was, I was like, where's he going with this example? Is he going to be like, yeah, when I roasted some cunt last year at a tournament. And I was like, well, oh, Sloan, if he listens, poor guy. Sorry, Sloan. Um, sorry, well, not sorry. The point I was trying to make with that is, say if you're going up against, like, I don't know, Ungol Raiders or something like that, they're just going to get, the whole unit's going to get wiped out. Um, against Hearthguard Berserkers, so I had this at a tournament last year against Sloan where <laughs> I was lucky enough to get yes, boy, go. I was lucky enough to get a double turn of Thankwall uh, roasting this unit. Um, but even with rolling, you know, I don't know how many dice it was. It was a lot of dice um, and a lot of mortal wounds. So Thankwall would take off about seven or eight of them a turn. Um, oh, which so fucking doesn't sound like a lot with the amount of dice that you've rolled, but for taking off half-guard berserkers, that is a lot. Um, similar with, like, yeah, other units that are quite tanky, yeah, he can just get through them. Um, he's got a 10-inch move, so basically an 18-inch threat range on something. Um, so obviously it's better against big units um, than it is, like, heroes, but it's even good if you just need to do one yeah. mortal wound to a hero then you've got a good chance of doing that with these. Even little units too, because you're rolling so many dice, right? Like yeah. five dudes with two wounds apiece, you're 
you're going to kill all of them anyway, on average. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, hey, so he's pretty good. He's I, don't, I don't see why you'd take the other one. Like, yeah, the, the it projectors. Makes, it makes no sense to me. Like, uh, You get one more damage and one better to hit. Is that all you get compared to his normal attack profile? But you still get his normal attack profile just if well. you take the braziers. Yeah. So okay. he has crushing blows with Bone Ripper, which is basically just him crushing up some blow and going to town on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love it when you crush blow when we play games. Yeah, bro. Uh, um, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so crushing blows are six attacks, fours and threes, rend one damage too. So they're still really good. Um and Staff of the Horned Rat is just a normal wizard staff. Um, so yeah, the sort of the I guess the argument for taking Combat Thankful is his spell, which has a three-inch range. So this is to sort of lean That's more awful. into getting getting more out of his War Scroll. Yeah, I've used it once, I think, maybe twice. Pick one enemy hero within three inches of the caster, invisible. Roll a number of dice equal to their combined attacks characteristic for all their melee weapons. Each five up does one mortal wound. Um, yeah, situational as fuck. If you find Thanquo is somehow still alive against a super killy hero in combat, in your hero phase, then you might... Then it, then it becomes good, but most of the time it's not. Yeah, I don't know if that spell even needs to be three inches, like... No. Realistically, what are, like what are you throwing it against that's going to have that many attacks? Like it's Slanesh, probably a typo. Slanesh chariots is the scary one, maybe kinda, but then it's just swords. I don't know. Doesn't yeah, seem... are they a hero? Those chariots? Some yeah, you, you can take them as a hero, but like you put it against a keeper or something, you're only rolling like what is it, seven dice maybe? <clears throat> yeah, it's not it's great. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty pretty naff. I don't think they needed to make it so short or so high, unless I'm fucking something up here. It might have been a typo and they meant to put 13 like every other fucking spell in the book, but... Yeah, well, they should be. Yeah. Um, the other... So it's a bit weird. So like hand of dust. dust. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like pretty meh. He heals one wound a turn and he has a five-up war save. It's pretty sick. Yeah, he's good. He's got 14 wounds, so he can't be skittle-eaked, but he doesn't really need to be. Um, Is his um, command ability any good? Yes. It's pretty good. It's not amazing, but it's pretty handy. And there's a little um, sneaky tech to it. So it's command ability you can use in your hero phase. Uh, if you do so until your next hero phase, um, basically you get to use the first the three basic command abilities. So uh, run, a uh, make a run a six, reroll a charge, and then use Inspiring Presence and make a unit immune to battle shock. You can pick one other Skaven hero who gets to use that for free um, without spending a command point. So that has to be a different hero each time and none of them can be thankful. So this is this okay, but it, it's come in handy for me a couple of times. Um, so if you've got three other heroes, you might want to spend this and then you just get to use those other um, those basic command abilities for free when you need to. Um, the little trick with this is if you've got lots of Master Clan heroes, every time you do this, you roll a dice on a five up, you get a command point. So you do it when Thankwall uses the command ability on a five up, you get a command point. And each time you get to use one of these for free, if they're a Master Clan hero, you get to roll that dice and get a five up for a command point. Oh, sneaky. You're pretty yeah. much just burning command. Well, you're, you're burning a free ability to try to generate more command points. Yeah, I wouldn't do it just to try and get more command points, but it is another little bonus you get out of 
if you're doing this. Mm. So yeah, his command ability it's not amazing, but it can come in handy if if you've already got him. But if you're bringing Thankful, generally it's for his massive flamethrowers. Uh, Reliable and, magic, tanky yeah, model. Plus two to cast at full health. Drops at six wounds. It drops to plus one. Yeah. Four up, five up. Save. Yeah. Ten inch move. Yeah, he's really cool. Seems and like a pretty sick model to me, to be honest. Yeah, it's great. It's I would have heard spell sucks, but yeah. And it casts on yeah. an eight, Jesus. Um, yeah. He's ever... still good, even though that spell sucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you have a name character in this book? Um, Old Lord Screech Vermin King! Is he any good, or is he shit? Uh, he's a bit shit, unfortunately. I wish he's he was a Vermin King. He's, he's meant to be a big dick. I know. But I heard about yeah. him in the End Times books as well, so... Yeah, he can do things like he's sort of a, he's the versatile vermin lord. To each phase, you pick one um, sort of aspect for him to be for that until your next hero phase, and he gets different abilities depending on what you pick. But he's sort of like a watered down version of every other vermin lord. His spell's pretty cool. Dreaded thirteenth, um, casting value eight. Pick an enemy within thirteen and roll thirteen dice. For each four, that suff- unit suffers one mortal wound, uh, and then for you, su- you summon clan rats for the amount of four ups you rolled um to the battlefield so you can just get some extra clan rats on the board they're not going to do anything except be little screens and maybe more bodies on the objective they're not going to kill anything casting body of eight though does he have any pluses to cast uh he can if you pick knowledge of the arcane he can get plus one um that's pretty unreliable still though yeah i mean you can make him plus two for uh yeah, a hole. I forgot what they're called. A hole. Um, Norhole, that's it, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah but if you're next to a Norhole, you're yeah, probably yeah, not within not 13 of an enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should point out now, all these Vermin Lords and the Bells and the Plague Furnace have a 5-up wound or model wound saved. Um, yeah. So we don't have to say it every time. It's pretty, pretty good. Uh, so yeah, Screech, unfortunately, is not that good. You have better options when it comes to vermin lords. How many points is he? Three twenty. And Fankle's four hundred. Yes. And what's the average price that you have of vermin lords today? Around that three twenty mark. Yeah, they're either two eighty or three twenty. Yeah, so I don't know if he, I don't know if you'd be worth that over another vermin lord when he drops an artifact and a and a command trait and the rest of it. So Pretty I don't much. know. Tell me about the other vermin lords. Tubby, jump in here, mate. At any time, if you like. Yeah, next one so, is the <laughs> <laughs> next one's the Deceiver. Uh, we've talked a bit about him already. He's great um, for his Skittle Leap spell. So this one's called Dreaded Skittle Leap. The difference between this and regular Skittle Leap is a it has a longer casting range, so you can pick a hero within twenty six rather than thirteen. And where they end up on the board for Dreaded Skittle Leap has to be six away. More than six from an enemy rather than more than nine. Um, so this can get him into some pretty tight corners. Um, and then he can charge in and fight. Um, he's okay at fighting. He's either really good at fighting or really shit at fighting, I found. Because he's got six attacks, threes to, wo- threes to hit, twos to wound, rend three, which is great, but uh, D3 damage, which yeah, is... Yeah, the, the D3 lets you down. I'll let you down. I'd but rather that... it was two damage. I'd, I'd take that over D3, to be honest, mm. just to make him more reliable. But, but the, the six-inch teleport is 
fucking gold because yeah we really don't have anything that lets you that close anymore off the top of my head i know some stormcast stuff has sevens but nothing really goes below nine these days um and the six inch charges are somewhat reliable as well as opposed to a nine inch charge yeah his command ability is okay but it's good he can re-roll wound rolls for himself or other clan clan ashen units um nearby him so you know that helps him be a bit killier because you can if you get a shit wound roll you can spend this command ability at any point so you can do it mm. after you roll mm-hmm. and you're re-rolling that wound roll um also so he kind of pairs up shooting in combat as well yes his shooting attack is the most disappointing thing in the game uh-huh. yeah uh the doomstar one attack three and three rend one damage d3 uh it does d6 against big units but it never never gets through in my uh in my whole time of using him yeah any any range attack that's like one attack freeze and freeze it's just like why did you bother like it's yeah it's, to be honest good when it happens it makes for a great moment but it never does yeah and he casts uh, two spells as well cast two spells unbinds yeah. two spells um the other great thing about this vermin lord is subtract two from hit rolls for attacks made with missile weapons to target this model mm. which is just fantastic um and thematic because he's a sneaky ninja um so yeah he's really good he can i've had him you know kill a 12 wound hero in one go and i've had him kill half of an odd boy in one <laughs> go so yeah don't rely on him but it's, he's cool he's cool as fuck he's got the rend he's got the attacks and they hit and wound well it's just sort of d3 damage it's just it's a bit shit to be honest and it's not specifically him it's just d3 damage in general is when you're relying on your killy piece to do something and yeah the d3 is just crap it's just crap i hate it yeah yeah he should be a bit more assassinating i think um he's 320 points yeah and he, always, or, he always has been um or so at least he, get like bonuses to a hero or a monster or something maybe uh so he can with that ashen command that ashen allegiance ability he picks a hero and he can reroll wounds against it um so that's kind of cool actually but, no he should like if he hits on a six because he's meant to be an assassin isn't he Yes. So maybe if he like hits on a six or wounds on a six, it does like D three models or something. Yeah, that'd be you cool. know, it, it should have something fluffy like that, I reckon. But that's just it's just me ranting on the internet, so it's not gonna go anywhere. But that just seems a bit more narrative. Because we're all about the narrative around here. Yeah, uh right. Lord Corrupted, bro, is he is he any good or is he a piece of shit? No, he's pretty good. Um he's great. If you've got now that the Plague Monk War Scroll has changed, he fits into a pestilence army way better. Uh-huh. Uh, and he buffs play because that reroll hits for clan pestilence units holy within 13 of him is his command ability uh so plague monks have lost good. that ability from their war scroll so now he's actually more useful in that regard um he is great with the sword of judgment because he has 10 attacks um so the sword of judgment does d6 water wounds on a hit roll of six i think um so you've got a lot of chances to get that six. This is only against heroes or monsters, but you've got a lot of chances to get that if it's on him. Uh, and his spell's pretty good. 13-inch uh, range, roll one dice for each model in that unit, four four plus suffers one mortal wound. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's pretty good. If you've got a Pestilence army, definitely put your you probably want him, I think. Yeah, yeah he's, but he's cool. The command ability is pretty good, to be honest. Um 
anytime you're re-rolling you know hits just like and yeah. it's it's flat re-rolls as well it's not missed or re-roll yes. failed it's Correct. which is consistent throughout this book isn't it it's the whole yeah just re-roll so what that means why that's important is that it applies with modifiers so it's not re-roll failed um at which you would apply a modifier to and so on it's just re-roll so you can re-roll anything um which is pretty awesome and you can even if you've got that sort of judgment and you're fishing for sixes you can even re-roll your dice that hit if you want to try for a six yeah because he's got 10 attacks and he's not wounded so yes yeah. i mean his attacks correct just freeze and freeze and no rend in a one inch range which is awful for a big monster yes but um yeah you could probably get a couple of sixes there if you come up against someone um warbringer or was there uh, anything else on corrupted nah, no no nah. warbringer he's warbringer. he's He's my favourite. You know, Stiffy over this, I can sense it. So yeah, bro. I've, I've used this dude a lot, um, and he's great. You can't, I've, to make him really good, you have to put a command ability and an artifact into him, or at least, at the very least, just a command ability. That one being Brutal Fury, which we talked about before. So plus three attacks for a combat phase. Um, and the Thing's Bane is the artifact I normally put on him to give him plus one damage. So his glaive becomes D3 plus one. Um so yeah, Doomglaive, six attacks, threes and threes, when rend one, damage three, uh, range three inches, which is hot. Um, you can get that to nine attacks with his command ability. If you've got a Claw Lord nearby, you can get it to 10 attacks. There's a couple of ways to get it to 11 or 12 if you use other, like Skaven Brew or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, him doing D3 damage with that Thing's Bane to make it plus one, that really makes him super reliable so he's basically doing between two and five damage with each hit um then he has the dick stomping dagger uh which they've renamed to the spike fist in this game it used to be called uh yeah pretty much right dick dagger not, fist. Dig fist yeah uh one attack three up two up render two damage two so that sounds really underwhelming um but then we can dig into it a bit if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made with this model spike fist is six, add four to the damage inflicted by that attack. So then it becomes damage six. So in that, if you've got brutal fury on this guy, or any other plus attack um, buffs to him, you're getting you're getting at least um, four attacks with the spike fist. Yeah. Uh, and now he innately rerolls to wound. So you can just fish for those sixes, right? Like you're wounding on yeah. twos anyway. Just pick all the fucking dice up that aren't sixes and re-roll them. Like, yeah, you could do that. You get, so you if, get plus four damage. It's it's a pretty good trade-off if you pick up another gets, one. Yeah. So if he's got homies nearby, so any Skaven models within, if there are thirteen or more Skaven models within thirteen of him, um, then he gets to re-roll wounds. So that's fantastic. And you normally do have that many because it's not hard to get 13 models near him in a Skaven list because you're going to have no. over 100 models. They're all going to be and he, jerking them off as he goes around dick-punching people. Yeah, and he counts as within himself, so you really only need 12. Yeah. And he's um, really cheap too, isn't he? He's one of the cheaper ones. He's 280. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, everything about this War Scroll is great. So his spell, Dreaded Death Frenzy, casting value 7, uh, this is the same as Death Frenzy, which we talked about before, with two with one difference in that you can cast it on heroes. I'm sorry, two differences. You can cast it on heroes, and you get D3 units to pick from. 
this can stack with death frenzy so you can have a unit with death frenzy and dreaded death frenzy on it and when it dies it will pile in and attack twice um and for this you can't do that to heroes but for heroes you can have one death frenzy so you view death frenzy this dude um, when he dies he piles in and attacks um and if you manage to get that in the same phase that you've popped brutal fury then whole mama it's it's fantastic oh yeah um his command ability is also really good in the right list um you can use it in the combat phase so again at any point in the combat phase uh re-roll hit and wound rolls of one for friendly clans verminous units wholly within 13 of that model so you can do it on him so you can roll his hit rolls and then be like oh i've got a few ones i'll just spend that command ability um get some re-rolls sort that problem out yeah yeah and he often will have uh clan rats nearby him uh, or if you're feeling brave storm vermin but getting clan rats to re-roll ones can be good just get an extra few wounds in um which sometimes is all you need yeah i love this dude he's amazing <laughs> he's um under he sounds he seems like the most underrated vermin lord i think so i think I having think to put the that corruptors com- overrated and the warbringer is underrated yeah definitely having to put that command ability on him is really what makes him pop um yeah. without that he can be kind of average but i think it's worth it yeah. if you've got him He's he's the fighty one, isn't he? Because he's all famous behind these characters, isn't isn't he? Yeah. So he's the verminous one. So verminous is like the the war clan. So they're the the warriors and the troops and all of that crap. Um, so yeah, he's the fighty one. Um, whereas the pestilence, the corruptor is the pestilence one. So he's all about plague, and the deceiver is the Eshin one. So he's all about you know being mysterious and shadowy. What about um? What about my scry boys? What verminous lot of lines to them? Uh, they don't get one for some reason. What? <laughs> and neither do Mulder. They get, well, um, fuck Mulder. No one cares about Mulder. But I guess Scry uh, gets everything else. Yeah, um, Scry don't really need one, I think. So the Warp Seer, the, the like, supporty, magic, fuckery, doesn't die one. Yeah. When this guy yeah. came out, this was the the one everyone was talking about. Is, yeah. he, still, is he still that case, or has people moved on? Uh, he's not as popular now, and he's not... Yeah, he's he's sort of calmed down a bit, but he's still really good. So he went up. He was two eighty points when it came out, and now he's gone up to three twenty, which is a lot more reasonable. Um, he's great. He's his deal is he's a fucking tank, and he will keep your clan rats and whatever else on the battlefield and stop them running away from battle shock. He's got a couple of other things as well, but um, basically he's got a four up, five up, just like all the other vermin lords. Uh, he rerolls his armor save. Um, he's he's holding a, a scry orb in his hand, so he's got a big ball in his hand. And at some point in the battle, he could throw it and do some mortal wounds. Pokeball. Then he loses this. Yeah, it's got a pokeball or a watermelon. Depends how he painted it. Um, <laughs> uh, he can throw it and do d6 mortal wounds to something, but then he loses his reroll. So you kind of like later game, you might want to do that if you're in a good yeah. position and you need to take someone up. Yeah. But generally, you want to keep that on him. Because re-rolling saves, and again, going into what Sean was talking about before, this isn't um, failed saves, so it's just all saves, um, is amazing. You can put the Suspicious Stone on him, that master because he's Master Clan. You can put the Suspicious Stone on him to give him an extra 5-up save, 
And if he's your general, you can give him Verminous Valor to give him an extra five up save. So he can be a four up re-rolling, five up, five up, five up. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't heal uh, Skaven boys though, can you? There's no way to heal them. Uh, I think the only ones that can heal are Thankwell and the Helper Abomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't yeah. you can't heal back up your um, your vermin lords in any way. No, not without like the wife swarm or something like that. Yeah. yeah. This guy's just like a full, uh, a bullet magnet, isn't he? He's, he's yeah, a destruction kindness or whatever they call it, a kind of thing. Yeah, his command ability is also really, really, really good. Um, Super defensive. Uh, use it in the battle shock phase. Friendly scaven units within twenty six inches do not take battle shock. Holy within twenty six inches do not take battle shock tests. Yeah, twenty six um, is a big yeah. fucking range. So. It is yeah. big. Thirty two uh, inches across. Plus the base, it's like yeah, just about sixty mm-hmm. inches across, and the whole board is what seventy-two. Yeah, get fucked. Insane. Yep. pretty much. I think like right after this book came out, we did a one thousand point tournament, and so it was on a four by four, <laughs> and I had this dude because I used him anyway because he was good before this, and then he just went into overdrive, um, and then basically the whole board was covered by that bubble, and nothing could kill him. It was it was fun for me. Um, his other, he also generates command command points for you on a three up, or on a six you get d three command points. So that helps with his because his command ability, while amazing, you have to use it every battle shock phase. So it chews through them if you need to use it, and you probably yeah. do need to use it because it's twice a turn. Yeah, because that's like battle round. Sorry. Yeah, and the the biggest weakness overall with Skaven is their bravery. Um, statistically, their bravery is probably the worst thing about them. Mm. Just so happens there's a whole bunch of ways to mitigate that, and this is what is <laughs> make it not exist. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. I said before you're either not taking battle shocks or you're losing everything to battle shock. So, yeah. uh, his spells also worth mentioning. So this is the the vermin, the super version of the warp gale one we talked about before. Custom value eight. Pick an enemy within twenty six. Half run, half charge. Can't fly. This one does d six instead of d three. Yeah, get fucked. But you can words. stack it though, so you can half their movement. Oh, sorry, half their run and charge, and then half it again. Oh man, I love it. Yeah. Um, so if you've got a big, like if your opponent has one model that they want to run across and then destroy half your army with, uh, you hit them with a double warp gale, and then they're probably not going to make that charge. Yeah, it's like hitting it with, on six thundercats, and you're just like, get fucked, can't you? Can't move out your deployment. I'm like, sweet, this is real fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, next one is the Gracier on Screaming Bell. Uh, this one's super hot too. Um, so these have gotten some big points adjustments too since they yeah, started. Yeah, they've, they've gone up by forty mm. total. So they were two hundred, then two twenty, now they're two forty. It's still yeah. really good. Still uh, cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 50, yeah, twenty five percent increase. A twelve wound, four up, five up save. Thirteen two wounds. Casts, Two un- sorry, yeah, thirteen wounds. Yeah. Uh, two cast, two unbind wizard that gets lookout, sir. Um, yeah, it's fucking sweet. You know, in Stormcast, I have to pay three hundred and twenty points to get a two cast wizard. That Nobody cares no, about Stormcast wizards. That has less wounds and no lookout, sir. Admittedly, it does move quicker. But, hey, my my grot shooting hits on fives, man. Your your shooting hits on twos. Yeah, but you get like ninety grot shots for my. For my free. Anyway, anyway, this anyway. isn't about this isn't <laughs> this isn't Tubby trying to talk about why gets are the best. This is <laughs> Mitch talking about Skaven. 
So Chris Gaiman are the best. Why is it? So <laughs> you're giving us a brief rundown overview of this of this babe. Uh, yes. He's got a pretty. He's got a pretty funky rule. His bell was that right? Yeah, so you ring the bell at the start of your hero phase, and it can do a bunch of things. It can do mortal wounds. It can give you plus one to casting to the bell or other wizards. Uh, on a twelve, you summit, you get a free vermin ward. That's two d six. Roll two d six, and then yes, sorry, you yeah, consult the table, and it tells you what you get. So yes. a two, obviously, being the worst, and a twelve, as you've just said, probably the best. I'm guessing free vermin lord. Uh, Pretty good. You'd, you'd think so, but I reckon ten or eleven is the best. So yeah, vermin, free vermin lord. You'll never say no to that, and it's it's a lot of fun if you do get it. Um, but what I think is the best one is ten or eleven, and you subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy units while they are wholly within range of the peel of doom. So it's that funny range because um, every time you've rolled a twelve on me, Mitch, you've never said "fuck." I wish it was a ten or eleven. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever rolled a twelve on you. I've yes, you have. Come. Yeah, you did it like first roll of one of our games. Oh, You're like, right. oh, I'm going to roll a 12 on my bell. And then you yeah. did, and you popped on the the white vermin lord. I don't know what he's called. The warbringer. No, yeah. Well, you're never going to be disappointed by getting a free vermin lord. Ah. But neg one from hit rolls um, for enemy units wholly within 26 is game-changing. Pretty good. Yeah. And they yeah. stack, which is the nuttiest yeah. bit. Yeah, so I huge range in this stack. For quite a while, I brought two of them, um, and it is fairly unlikely you're going to get both of these bells, um, both of the bells getting that neg one to hit bubble. But it just changes everything because if you've got an army that wants to come and fight you, all of a sudden uh, they're neg one to hit with everything when they're getting at you because your bells are going to be right in the middle of all your shit because that's what they do. They've got. Their other main thing is they've got a 13-inch Battleshock immunity bubble and they have to have units nearby to push them so they can move. So they're basically, they synergize with clan rats really, really well or plague monks or storm vermin in that they're always going to be surrounded by them. Um, so they're, they're always going to be at the front, or not always, but generally they're going to be near the front of your army. You might have a couple of vermin lords behind them waiting to pounce in, but when your enemy comes to attack you, it's quite likely to be near a bell. And so in combat, if you've got that 10 or 11 on the dice, um, to get that neg one to hit, then it's going to make a massive difference. And against the bell, that becomes negative two. Like I think yeah. you were saying, so was, yeah. Yeah. Um, the spell's average, so we won't talk about that. Um, two casts, yeah. 240 points. Survival yeah. is fuck. Gets a nice little sure, bonus man. ability that you can't stop. Makes you immune to battle shock. Fucking pretty fucking yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not horrible wounds, in combat either. Decent save. No, not bad in combat. Not bad at all. Yeah. Gracie's just not on a bell. But yeah. He's... Still really good. So the difference the this Gracie gets that the one on the bell doesn't, apart from the Battleshock community and ring the bell and all that crap, is the warpstone tokens. So once a phase once a hero phase, you can roll three D six instead of two D six to cast a spell, and you pick the two best dice out of that. Um, you can't modify that at all. Um, so you have to, even if you've got arcane or whatever, the two dice you pick are yours, are your cast roll. Mm, mm. How many points is it? Uh, 140. So there's a hundred points difference between the bell and on foot. Is that right? Yes. So you think I take them on a bell? Yeah, you generally do. Like the 
the Gracie is great if you just need an extra little wizard um, to put in and you've got 140 points and you want a couple of extra casts um, and you can't afford a bell yeah. or you don't want to have to push a bell around because that's the other thing with the bell. You have to have models that you're going to keep there's nearby. A babysitter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, with that Walkstone token, if the 3d6 roll is a 13, your grace here dies, but the spell can't be unbound. So a bit of a gamble. Love it. Narrative as um, fuck. Yeah. Um, Arch Warlock is next. So he's our first cry hero. Good. He used, he as used good to be, as he used to be? Not quite. He's still really good, but he used to be just the fucking MVP. Yeah. Um, yeah. He went massively up in points as well, didn't he? Uh, only 20 points up. So he was 140 and now he's 160, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But that's when the book came out and he hasn't changed since then. Yeah. Um, I don't see anybody playing him other than seeing yourself play him and Jesse play him a little bit. But... Yeah, I've seen you chuck him on a Bailwind. Yeah, he was better before on that Bailwind. Um, he's got a spell that just does some, you can up to D3 units, take D3 mortal wounds. Um, he can do a mortal wound shooting attack once a game, two casts, one unbind. He's surprisingly good in combat. Um, he only, he's only got two attacks, but he can supercharge that shit up because all the pretty much all the scry stuff you can supercharge it, um, which comes at the risk of if you get the wrong dice roll, you die or take mortal wounds. Um, but he can be pretty killy, and he's a t- pretty tanky with a three up save. Um, he's got the best save in the book. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that the best save in the book? But you just asked yep. there. And yeah, six and wounds s- is pretty good as opposed to five. five. Yeah, so I still like if. Your base, he's a warlock engineer, so out of the three square heroes, you've got one who's 100 points, one who's 120, and then this dude has 160. If you can, if you've got that extra 60 points and you need a warlock engineer, just go for this dude because he's cool. He'll just do a little bit more than that other the other dude. Um, who is the next one in the book? The warlock engineer. Uh, yep, we'll talk more that. about th- these dudes when we get to the scryer. Um, units individually because they kind of buff them but this dude is just a basic wizard he's 100 points he gets one cast one unbind he doesn't know arcane bolt or mystic shield but he knows warp lightning um but you can cast warp lightning with more than one wizard in your hero phase um so if you've got two warlock engineers um they can both cast warp lightning it does d3 mortal wounds or you can supercharge it to do d6 mortal wounds but if you fail the cast or it gets unbound uh your dude takes d6 mortal wounds um yeah exactly the warlock bombardier is very similar in fact almost exactly the same except he's got a rocket launcher he's 20 points more um so he's just got a bit of a better shooting attack which isn't still isn't great um, D6 so damage. D6 damage, and you can make There's it 2D6, four. but it hits on a four. Four, yeah. Storm yeah. Fiends? Yeah, Storm Fiends. The friendliest of storms? Yeah. Um, these guys are pretty hot. They used to be hotter when you could take nine of them in a unit <laughs> and, <laughs> and put mortal wounds on all of them. <laughs> yeah, because then you'd have. what? So, so the way they work is you've got two shooting. You've got either one or two shooting dudes and one or two combat dudes. Um, you have to take the sort of preset configuration of weapons. The best ones are the best combination, I think, is rattling cannon and wind launchers for shooting. And then there's a bit of a debate between Doomfly gauntlets and shock gauntlets for the um, 
fighty dude. I don't think it really matters too much because they're better as a shooting unit in general. They've got oh, six like wounds. Consistent each. attacks on the shot gauntlets and the consistent. Yeah, damage. that's what that's what I go with. Yeah. Uh, six wounds each and a four up save, except one in every three has seven wounds instead, and that's the fighty dude. Um, so the rattling guns, three d six attacks, fours and threes, rend one, damage one. The wind launcher is twenty four inch range, and they don't have to see. They don't have to have line of sight of who they're attacking, which is really, really, really useful. Um, three attacks, four up, four up, rend three, damage three. If they're targeting a big unit, that hit roll becomes three up. Um, uh, warp fire projectors are just like a mini thank roll, but just with one dice instead of up to four. So they used to be better, but they're probably not that good now, I don't think. Um, just because it's hard to get them in range, that eight inch range. So really the trick with Storm Fiends is buffing them. Uh, they're okay when they're not buffed, but they're really swingy. They'll miss a lot, and they won't. They'll let you down for their points. Two sixty for the three of them, I think. I'm just gonna check. Yeah, two sixty for three of them, uh, and you can take a maximum of six in a unit. Um, so if you cast more, more, more warp power on them, they're re-rolling hits and wounds. If you have a warlock engineer nearby to spend a spark on them, they get plus one damage. So that's when they become really, really fucking good. Um, and they can soak up quite a bit of damage before they before you start taking guns off. I think it's 21 wounds before you take a gun off, I think. Um, uh, yeah, 14 now, because you've got to take the... Um, you can't take 9. Right. Um, they also have grinder fists where you can pop them up but that's on it like you can deploy them off the board and then they come up anywhere nine away from the enemy but i wouldn't recommend that because that way you can't buff them in your hero phase yeah um and it's on a three up you got to roll it yeah uh, so you've got a chance that your unit doesn't come up yeah and you have to roll it you can't choose not to roll it oh really so yeah. turn one you've got to roll that dice and if you roll three up um you have to set it up so you, you lose a bit of planning um, and if they don't come up by turn four, then they come up automatically, but suffer D6 model wounds. Um, so yeah, wouldn't really recommend that. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about Storm Fiends? Because they're quite uh, fairly popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see we see a lot of people playing them. Uh, do you think you could take two units of six to take? Because uh, yep. since you can put the sparks on multiple. You can only more more warp power one. Uh, there is other ways to get rerolls on on the yes. other unit, just so, on the hit roll. Yep. So it's the command trait for a clan scry hero. Mm. It's a command trait or an artifact. I can't remember, but there is a way to get roll reroll to hits on the other one. Yeah. Um, so so I've I've played them before actually. I've played um I played Andrew's Skaven the other day. And I found them really slow. I didn't realize how slow the list was going to be getting it around the board to get the actual damage where you want it. Yes. Um, do you think you'd have to take, say, two units of six, uh, and then your your gnaw bomb, with, yeah. with that, and then get them hard into the middle of the board, um, with some warp grinded up clan rats around them or something, and um, take take a 
take a castle in the middle of the board rather than a castle at the back of the board because they can take a lot of punishment as well when people get into them because even if you chew through one ranged unit there's still there's still three like it's 20 wounds to get through the first ranged model yeah you can def that's definitely viable um yeah. and so it's sort of like just to do a little side point the big one of the hot things with storm fiends is using the soul screen bridge to move them up um, yep. a bunch of inches and then get them in range so that's what you do if you're taking um multiple units of storm fiends not just um yeah you could do that um yeah you, you could easily put two in you're definitely going all win on storm fiends then because that then comes to a thousand and forty points just for those two units yeah absolutely yeah um and then you need your battle line and crap um but yeah definitely viable it's it'll, it'll be a fun list as well yeah um, yeah i think you'll be more resilient than people probably expect you to be until they play it once or twice yeah yeah they they'll they do a lot of work yeah problem is keeping that um that little hero alive so you probably have to take multiples of it for some redundancy yeah exactly he's real easy to kill and then he they kind of fall apart a bit without him but as yep. soon as they're not buffed they very disappointing yeah no sparks and, and no rerolls, and then they're not worth 260 points for for three yeah and in a unit of three they're a bit disappointing as well yeah uh, oh, yeah yeah just that that mortar that uh, wind launcher three 24 inch range no line of sight required but three attacks, um, yeah, that can... If you have two of them in a unit, then it becomes a lot more reliable just to take something out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. We're, so, we've got Warp Lightning Cannons next. I don't really see anybody take them anymore. They used to be... They were hotter, I think, pre-book, and then at the start of the book coming out, yeah, I saw them kicking about, but now I, I haven't seen one in in a long time. Uh, do you think that's just because we've found the Storm Fiends um, sort of combo and there's less risk versus reward over there? Because um, the Warp Lightning Cannons do a shitload of damage but seem to blow themselves up when they do it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The Warp Lightning Cannon is a little bit of a trap. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be really good and it's a great threat piece um, to kind of stick out and then your opponent might want to avoid this 24-inch range. So basically what they do is they can either do D6 wounds or 2D6... Sorry, D6 mortal wounds or 2D6 mortal wounds if they've got an engineer to buff them nearby. Um, if they, if you go for the 2D6 mortal wounds, you need an engineer to do it, and there's a risk they're going to take quite a lot of mortal wounds in return. 24-inch um, range, it's a good shooting attack because yeah, it's real good. you don't need... But there's, you, you can target heroes and look out Sir doesn't come into it because you don't roll to hit, you don't roll to wound, you just do the wounds. Yeah. And we're seeing um, these armies relying on support heroes popping up a lot more, like uh, Zench and Seraphon are real good examples, uh, ro <clears throat> relying around things like Fate Masters and uh, you need your Lord of Change kicking around and you might have a little hero there or there, um, Seraphon with the slants and anything generating command points and command abilities. Things like this will take them off easy like one round of shooting and you'll take off a support hero with these yeah we might see them start to come back a bit because they're not bad at all they're not um they used to kind of be the best gave in shooting yeah i think um yeah. but now they're not so that's kind of what's happened there um but there's definitely still something there um and they're real cool they're real fun to use so yeah. um, uh, then down from there we've got acolytes yeah, no, these they're, guys are they're like sneaky. another real interesting one because they're super yeah. fucking good. 
uh, yeah. but another unit I haven't seen in ages as well. Well, that's because is there any reason for that? In New, in New Zealand, it costs you twenty three dollars to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Excuse part me? of it. Say that again. Twenty three dollars to buy one Squire Acolyte. They come in. Uh, they come in a box of one. Yeah, they're metal models. You can take them in a unit up to thirty. Is it? Yes. Yeah. So that's a low, low price of like half of your house mortgage. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Real good mess in the flight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a, I've got Everyone a bunch of these secondhand, um, and they're still quite expensive. So I think I've got about twenty of these models, and then there's a lot of conversion things you can do with them. So most most of the time you'll see them converted. Um, yeah, sixty points for five, or I think it's three twenty for thirty. Let me just have a look. Um, but basically, they can be if they, yeah, three twenty for thirty. If you get a unit of thirty hitting something with their ranged attack, that yeah, thing is probably gone. Yeah, yeah. so eight inch range, one attack, four and four, rend two, damage D three. Yeah, you get uh, that can be rolling to hit and wound with the spell with plus one damage, and they can run and shoot. Yeah, they can run and shoot, which is hot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they can be really, really good. Um, the bit situational, super easy to kill before they become before they get into your threat into threat range because of that short range. And so if you come on point, they run. Yeah, so twenty inch threat range from where they start off. Um, six up save. Yeah, so they're pretty easy to work around. Um, with a good army. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I think the the put off for most people is just the how annoying they are to convert or yeah. the price tag of buying actual ones. I yeah. think if that wasn't the case with them, and if they got an update uh, to their model, I think you'd see them like as much as you see storm fiends, if not maybe more. The damage the is just crazy. To... Yeah, the model's actually really good. It's just so expensive to buy. Yeah. It's one of the better... Twenty three dollars a model. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. It's nuts, eh? Yeah. Oh. Wait till we get to... Um, next is the Doom Wheel. This is a hot mess, and I fucking love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, I've had this thing just... I've had this thing kill Bloodthirst and Scarbrand, and I've had this thing blow up before it does anything. Um. If you've so got it's the 100... shooting attack here, right? Like the shooting attack's the kicker on it? So that's the that's the first thing that really pops out. So D6 attacks, threes and threes, rend one, damage three. You can overcharge this and make it two D6 attacks. Yeah. Um, if you roll a double, you take two D6 mortal wounds. So more, more, more warp power, warp stone spark. Yeah, that's the that's the basic combination with any scry shooting unit. So we can take that into account for everything, I think. Um so yeah, they can do a shitload of zap attacks. Um, what else you can do with them is they can run over models that have three wounds or less, and they'll do D3 model wounds to it. And every model that it ends up next to, um, so if it finishes a charge and ends within one inch of a unit, on a two-up it'll take D3 model wounds. Um, they move 46 inches, so that's, that's swingy as fuck. Um, so you can... Have, if you get a good move roll and you're near a unit near, next to a bunch of MSU, you can run over a bunch of um, small units and do a fair bit of damage with that. If you get a good charge roll, you can just charge in, roll over something, get behind, get into some heroes, do D3 mortal wounds to a bunch of heroes. Um, 
so situational, but that movement with them and that charge can be pretty hot if you line it up right. Yeah, and it's giving your army that, that flyability in a way as well that it doesn't really have. Yeah, I love them. Uh, there's a list that I really like that is pretty trash, but I'll just quickly talk about it. So it's using one of the scribe battalions, or the, the scribe battalion, using one of the configurations of that, um, the Worldblade Threshic. So you have a Doom Flare, Storm Fiends, and up to three Doom Wheels. Um, and you get plus three to move if you start within 13 inches of the Engineer or the Arch Warlock from the battalion. So plus three to move. That's not normal move. That's pile in and charge as well. So um, you put some cogs on top of that, and you've got plus five. So you go 4d6 plus 5, and you get plus 5 to your charge as well. And if you're still close to your dude, you get plus 5 to pile in, but, or plus 3 to pile in, but that's less likely. Uh, and you can make one of those with a command trait or an artifact, I can't remember. Um, you can make one of those doom wheels double their move. So you can... Yeah, it's shit, right. but you can just zoom across the board and just zap everyone. If you want a quick game, then roll that list. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, and if you roll real hot, you'll table someone in a turn, um, or you'll die. <laughs> With your, your turn wheels. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably kill yourself before they even get to kill you, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Giselles, they still, are they hot or not? It's hard to tell. Yeah. I still haven't decided on these guys. They're kind of the hot girl. Everyone yeah. talks about them being real they, good, and, and they are good, but they're not. So they're like good. the Skaven version of Storm uh, cast Long Strikes. I think Long Strikes are better. Oh, Long Strikes are definitely better than Giselles. Giselles is significantly uh, cheaper. How many attacks do Long points? Strikes get? One. Just one. Oh, okay, I thought they got two. No, it feels like two when Sean's playing them. That's because I shoot you twice a turn. Yeah. And the hero yeah, is why. Yeah. It's all I can do, don't judge me. It's worth talking about Jose also because they are pretty popular. Um, so one attack each. They're 140 points for three. And you can have a unit of three or a unit of 12 or anything in between. Um, one attack each, four up to hit, three up to wound, rend two, damage two. Uh, if a hit roll is a six, you do two mortal wounds on the target and the attack sequence ends. Uh, and you can reroll hits if they haven't moved. Um, worth noting that if you put them through a gnaw hole, that doesn't count as their move, so they still get a reroll to hit. Also worth noting that if you roll a six and you do two mortal wounds, that warpstone spark doesn't make it three mortal wounds, um, which I think is oh, a mistake some people make. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, Ratley. they're pretty good. Thirty inch range is the thing here. They're real, real yeah. long range. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice. good. So thirty six uh, if you. If you're staying still. Uh, 36 if you're moving. Yeah. yeah. If you move, you lose that reroll to hit. So, And it's a four to hit. So, you know, you, you don't really, really want to move. But no. you could have that um, squire ability to reroll hits on your general um, if you want. Yeah. I think they're a good unit to be putting through um, gnaw holes. Yeah. Just awkwardly flanking them out on the sides pestering people and then and then pinking around to other uh, other corners of the board yeah they fall down to a slight breeze yeah totally um, but yeah the rattling guns next this is probably the best unit one of the best units to put through a hole just for the sake of putting it through there to do a lot of damage yeah uh 
it's a weapons team, so it's got it's one model with three wounds, twelve inch range, two d six attacks, four up, four up, round one, damage one. You can supercharge it to double the two d six roll. If you get a double on that roll, you die. Um, so, so yeah, they're super cheap, right? They're like sixty points or something. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, sixty points, which is yeah. amazing for what they are. So the potential of taking taking a few of these and yep. Just like with, say you're taking six storm fiends or something, and um, you take a few of these, two or three, for the cost of nothing, the potential damage output is pretty crazy, right? Because you can spark not just the uh, the storm fiends, but you can spark these guys as well at the same time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they're really good. Uh, if you take one, you probably want to take a few more. Yeah. Um, unless you've like... just got sixty points, and you're like, fuck it, I'll just put it in. Yeah, it yeah. seems like you're putting like all these buffs on the storm fiends, but when you can put that buff in more than one place, these guys are so cheap that yeah, would it really hurt? Like, can you really not spare 120 points or whatever to get uh, two of these guys in on top of the storm fiends? Yeah, especially if you're using the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, if you because the they can go with them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, really right rattling guns. They're really cool. Uh, Walk fire thrower, basically never see this. Um, it's it a perversion is... of the rattling gun, right? Like the same yeah. setup we're talking about here, but with not enough range to do it off the teleport. Yeah, so it's a weapon team, three wounds, one model, um, eight inch range. Same with similar to Thinkwall and the Stormfiends walk fire throwers, where each you roll a dice for each model within eight inches. On a four up, you do mortal wounds. You can supercharge it to do two and two dice instead of one. Yeah, so we basically haven't seen these. I would probably would normally skip over them, but the reason that I think there's one use for them coming out is they're going to, these guys are going to be a good answer to Mortec Guard, um, which Skaven don't have a lot of answers for. Um, yeah. It's a very specific thing, but Bone Reefers don't have a lot of mortal wound saves, from what yeah. I understand, um, and Mortec Guard are just such good armor. But if you can... And they... Uh, the easiest way to kill these warp fire throwers is with just shoot them. You've got to do three wounds and it's got a six up save. Like yeah. they're super easy to shoot. You uh, don't think you're reapers... better off with the rattling guns? If you're fighting something like Mortec Guard, they'll be on a four up save that they can't reroll and you've got multiple damage there. And you could yeah, do that off the, the the thing that like why I think we haven't seen the warp fire throwers is that they can't shoot anything off the teleport. Uh, they move yeah. six inches with an eight-inch threat, so it's 14 inches total. If they're within 14 inches or something, they're probably fucking dead at that point, aren't they? Like, yeah. realistically? Probably. They're, they're way up on your clan rats. Um, so if your clan rats disappear, they're, <laughs> they're gone burgers. Like, it, it, having a little bit more range, even though it's only you know four inches, at least you can get that off something like a bridge. Yeah, all right, Tubbs, you convinced me it's back down to absolute trash. All right. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, the worst <laughs> unit in the book is the Doomfire. Shout out to my boy, the Doomfire. You are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the model's cool. <laughs> it is. I bought one and painted it the other day, and it is really cool, but man, is it just it's it's got nothing to sucks. offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, All right. Uh, uh, Warp Grinder. This is cool. Uh, you can set it up off the board. It's 80 points. Um, one model. If you set it up, you set it up off the board, and you can set another Skaven-tied unit that is not a monster with it. 
I think they have to have a wounds characteristic of one as well. Um, finding it hard to read all the rules while I talk, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, at the end of any movement phase, you can put it on the battlefield and set up more than nine away from enemy models. Um, and then you can set up the model that joined it wholly within 13 of this model and more than nine away from enemy models. Then you roll a dice for both units. On a one or two, they take d6 model wounds. Mm. Uh, and you got to do it on turn one, two, or three, or they're destroyed. Um, so this is real cool for bringing up a screen um, you know, a bit further away than you might be able to normally put your screen. Or waiting a couple of turns and then just bringing it up on an objective or something like that. Yeah. Not not being able to reduce your drops in an army like Skaven makes something like this a lot more interesting because a lot of the time you're going to be given the first turn uh, and having an option to get models up the board even more aggressive than you normally could is pretty yeah. um, is pretty useful. Yeah, I wouldn't use it for... I've seen it used for Plague Monks with the cogs to get a big charge off and I wouldn't personally use it for that uh, in a competitive setting because that's a big risk you still got to roll a six because play once get what plus one to charge. Yeah. So you got the cogs, which you, if you're adding, if you're speeding up time with the cogs, you're already committing to something anyway. Um, and then if you fail that charge from bringing them up, um, yeah, you play monks just sitting there, yeah, waiting, waiting to get shot. Dead as fuck. Yeah, but this is a really good unit, um, really good utility piece. I've started using it more and more lately. Um, well. It, since I've been finding out, trying to find new things to do with the book. So it yep. kind of got overlooked a lot, but yeah, really rate it. Wouldn't ever put Storm Fiends or Gisales with it because of that D6 mortal wound risk, because yeah. you could lose a storm, almost a Storm Fiend or three Gisales, which hurts a lot. Uh, Plague Priest is next. Yeah, I th I've never used them. I think he's. I think they're a staple in Pestilence lists, aren't they? Uh, but I think, I think yeah. outside of Pestilence, you're not taking a Plague Priest. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I'd say it's it's pretty bang on from my yeah. minimal experience. Is that yeah, you spam them when you're when you're in the old mate Pestilence, but otherwise you sort of just ignore them. To be honest, and they've yep. got prayers. They don't have spells. They're prayers. Yeah, big prayers. So the more prayers you can throw out, the more likely you are to get your your Great Plague. I think it's called. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Good in Pestilence. Not really worth it in a normal scaven list. Yeah, same thing as the plague claw. Pretty. Uh, uh, oh, I think plague claw's not even that good in pestilence list to be uh, honest. Yeah, too expensive, right? Like it's a one-shot piece of artillery. Uh, yeah. That's not a, a Ossiarch Bone Reapers catapult. Yeah, it's, and it's almost as expensive. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh it's hundred and sixty points. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's not worth it. Um, I really wish they were because they're cool, but nah. Uh, Plague Priest on Plague Furnace. Mm -hmm. um, I like this guy. Yeah, do you want to talk about him? Because I've never used it. Oh, man. So I played him in that list uh, Andrew had set up, and we put the Rider Cloak on him. Uh, so he's moving a little bit faster. So he's got 10 inch and Fly. Fly being hard to find in these um, Skaven lists. Yeah. Real good way to get some Immune Battle Shot lying around. Uh, and he's fucking fighty as fuck. Like, genuinely quite fighty. Uh, he's got the minus to hit. He's got the scary away. Uh, he's got a lot of mortal wound output to a single unit, <clears throat> which is really nice. So he picks a unit within three, and he does D3 plus four mortal wounds from one of his melee profiles, uh, which isn't insignificant. 
when you can fly 10 inches and then pick something over the back of a screen uh like a support hero and just do d3 plus four average five wound support hero you're going to kill uh or go into something like a stonehorn like it's a monster with a really good armor save and sort of just skip around that because other than the spell output i don't see a whole lot of mortal wound output coming out of a skaven is that fair to say am i missing something uh you're pretty much right just yeah there is short range mortal wound output or the warp lightning cannon or some Gisales. but yeah, yeah mainly spell mortal wound and that used to be their thing was mortal wound output but it's not really anymore no no i don't think it is either yeah 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 <clears throat> but uh yeah i think he's he's 200 points like he's he's pretty fucking cheap for for what he provides he's he's tanky yeah he's really good you just need plague monks to go with him uh because it's a free he needs buff to be plague monks yeah he needs to be pushed along by something and if it's clan rats they're gonna they suffer from it so who really cares it's clan rats yeah it's not too bad anyway but yeah he's if you have him without plague monks you you might be missing something there but yeah if you've got a lot of plague monks put put this dude in definitely yeah yep and then uh, over to plague monks yeah okay so i've got so the they had some big changes they had some big changes to them didn't they yeah, they cleaned up that war scroll real good. Yeah, um, they did a really good job on the war scroll. I still like plague monks post. Yes, they're still yeah. really really good. Yeah, I'll buy are... paper. They don't look as good as they actually are because you're not taking into account uh, on paper the plus one a hit and wound. Exactly. So should yeah. be twos and threes. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah, unit forty. It's pretty bloody cheap as well um they're fairly autonomous obviously the bravery is their weakness but you can kind of ping them out by themselves and have them run into something and then just mangle them up put death frenzy on them put it on them twice um and you've got yourself a winning little unit um yeah real solid really happy about what they did to the war scroll because i used them before um the war scroll change mainly because it was they were too good not to use them in a competitive setting um yep. and it was it was kind of the one thing i didn't like about my list was having to use them because they were too good yeah um like if i was running playing a friendly game i just wouldn't bother because i don't like them that much um thematically i guess um but yeah it's a lot easier to use now the old war scroll was a mess it would take fucking ages to to do anything with them um but yeah really good if you want a good combat unit they Worst are your fucking dudes. unit ever <laughs> yeah just so i know you hate them sean god damn boring to play against have your opponent <laughs> explain what the fuck's going on in all That's... the special rules and it was uh... but yeah, no that... it's like it's a great unit it's yeah, a great unit but jesus christ i've used them once since the war scroll changed and it was so much smoother um to roll those attacks yeah um but yeah so don't really don't really need to go into detail on these guys so they're really good combat unit um yeah i was i was really upset that when they um when they previewed god trick and they're like god trick kills finkel god trick kills the star dragon god trick kills marafi i'm like yeah but chuck 10 fucking plague monks and see what happens <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah they're a good answer to got track definitely oh it is so good lots of attacks no rend or not a lot of rend 
a tick when they die, just the fucking tits. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Just if you want a if you want a positive play experience, don't put Death Frenzy on them and then charge them into corn Death Warriors. Blood yeah. Warriors, sorry. Because yeah. that will take you about an hour uh, to resolve just one. Pull, yeah. So pull both units off and yeah. be done with it. Just shake yeah, we, on that one. We had that interaction. And I think by the end of it, it took about 25 minutes to do the whole thing. Yeah. I think Mitch had lost about, I don't know, half his unit of Plague Monks, maybe more, and I'd lost all, all the Blood Warriors there. But it was um, it was good counter to him. Fucks around in activations, but yeah. Anywho, let's move on so from there. Plague Sensor Bearers are uh, fucking... <laughs> who knows yeah. who he is? Pretty yeah. much. Claw yeah. Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not amazing, but he is a great. If you've got lots of clan rats or storm vermin, he becomes good because of his command ability. That's what you want him for: his command ability, not really anything else. Um, he can be a little bit killy because he gets plus one attack for each wound he takes. But yeah, not yeah, it's pretty situational. But pick one friendly clan's verminous unit, wholly within thirteen of this model. Add one to the attack characteristic with, of melee weapons used in that phase. So this is in the combat phase. Uh, you can use it, you can put, you can't stack it. Um, so that's good. It's, a, it's fantastic on Storm Vermin if you're using them. Um, Clan Rats, it also makes them really good. So the only time I really use this dude is if I am using that Claw Horde Battalion. And the only time I'm really using that Claw Horde Battalion is if I really need another artifact or low drops, um, which generally I don't. So he's cool, but not. he's worth mentioning for those things. Um, next is Scritch Spike Claw and Spike Claw Swarm. So this is a Shades by a Warband. So this worth is it or a waste of time. Uh, I think it's a bit of a waste of time, really. Cause... Yeah, a lot of them are waste of time. So yeah. Uh, next one Good is the best unit in the game, uh, Clan Rats. Um, I know on your last show you talked about the sort of battle line units a lot yeah. and how some of them are getting out of hand. Whereas I know I'm biased on this because yeah. I love Clan Rats, but I think Clan Rats are the they're a great war scroll. They're just the perfect battle line unit because they're shit in combat, um, but not too shit. They're, they're just fine, you know, they're as they should be. They've got an ability for their standard bearer, they've got an ability for their bell ringer, and they've got an ability on their war scroll for having shields. Yeah. And their leader gets plus one attack. So really basic, really good. 120 for 20 or 200 for 40. All um, cheap. Fucking real cheap. Bargain. cheap. So good. Yeah. Super easy to I kill. I don't even get a two cast wizard for 200 points. So... <laughs> 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 yeah, I I generally won't build a serious Skaven list without a whole lot of clan rats in it. Uh, yeah. And every 20 clan rats I have to take out of it, I make sure that it's worth it. Um, I like to have a... Because they're battle line. So I like to have a 40, a 40, and a 20 at the very least. Uh, yeah, in the right, in the right situation, that yeah, in the right situation of 40, 20, 20, if you've got enough other stuff to justify not having that many clan rats. But you really need them uh, because they'll get killed like by the snap of a finger. Um, but you want to try and make them immune to battle shock by using a Screaming Bell or the Bell of Doom, Endless Spell, or the Vermin Lord Warps here. Yeah, to, to be fair, Mitch, when I was talking in the last show about a battle line being a basic bitch unit without too many rules... I don't actually think clan rats are too over the top. Um, in all honesty, I... Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean... No, I think they're what you 
ideally want as an yeah owner. like maybe not... maybe make them more expensive and scale down the size or maybe not allow units of 40 but you want them to to hit awful and this is my personal bias obviously my personal opinion about what a better line should be but they've got a claw leader that gives you plus one attack fine uh center bearer um that says you can retreat and still charge later the same turn probably drop that rule to be honest um that seems a bit too much for me for battle line and again this is like not scaven this is just me having a side rant about yeah. they always have too many rules um and you can add two to the run rolls for this unit why includes a bell ringer which is probably about right i mean i guess plus one plus two whatever but then add one save rolls when you have uh 10 or more models you save six up so it goes to five up that's that's fine by me so this is sort of what i'd want a battle line unit to look like in aos in some form or scale um yeah yeah less models more points or something or, or less wounds it's just it's 40 wounds to 200 points to me just blows my dick off a eh? like my storm cast on is anyway 40 points in them. they're like 200 points or uh, 2000 points so yeah one thing i've really noticed changing about clan rats over the last year is um how easy it is how easy it's become to wipe a unit out so when the book came out you'd have a unit of 40 clan rats which i think is right for skaven because skaven's a horde army you need your battle line can be 40 that makes sense to me um thematically whether like not thinking about the state of the game or the rules or anything that just makes sense as the army should be um and it used to be that because they're immune to you can make them immune to battle shock so you have to pour more resources into that and that's what makes them really really good if they're just out there by themselves they're absolute trash yeah um and they used to be really hard to take out if i so i thought oh you know i'll bring like five six units at 40 clan rats and then what what are you going to do and that used to be a sort of viable thing but now you can some armies can take that off in a couple of turns um yeah which is starting to be what i don't like about the game um but that's a different subject um i still really love the game i think it's also that we stopped attacking your like fucking unkillable you know heroes your warp seers and we started killing your clan rats and you're like oh this sucks well, yeah, since when I came on your podcast and said you've got to kill the clan rats, not the screaming bells, I started losing a lot more games. So I, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I should not have done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, just... I remember one time we played a game, you're like, you've figured it out, haven't you? And I was like, what do you mean? You're, like, you're killing the clan rats. And yeah. I'm like, ah, go me. And then like you tabled me with like four heroes because they all have like fucking 17 wounds and a five up after safe and they re-roll and all that sort of shit. So because I had Thankwell. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because but, like, yeah. that's what I mean by like your defense is like your blazed wounds effectively like all your yes. all your fucking like all your bodies and shit like that that you don't give a fuck about you're like cool you can work your way through what do you say 100 to 140 or so that's what you run 100 to 120 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like plan rates that's sort of your defense is do this much damage to me in a turn and see how it's going to turn out and people will do that much damage to you I don't think they're going to do it to you in one turn. That would be I not mean, in one turn, but in over it's the the amount of time it's taken to take off all my clan rats has incru- has it's gone a lot quicker over the last few months. That's because um, you don't play it slow anymore, bro. And we told you to speed up. Yeah, but... that's right. <laughs> um, anyway, so back like... to the war scroll. Sorry, yeah, no, 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 no. I like just like I like giving you shit. This is way better than you talking about the war. Anyway, Fair go on. Go on. I think because um, 
horde armies are always innately going to be some of the better armies in Age of Sigma, and they'll always have the legs to always, you know, be be in the meta in some way, shape, or form. Bodies on the board is still bodies on the board, and if you can get a whole bunch of still... anything cheap, <clears throat> it's their scoring units, all of it. Yeah. Plus their 25 mil bases, and that's that's a massive bonus for anything. Yeah, and clan rats aren't there to kill stuff. No, nah. basically ever they're there to score objectives and zip yeah. around the board score, and score, get up. in the way, tie people up, run away, yeah. all that sort yeah. of shit. Yeah. You know, take take board space, uh, take board presence. That's what a horde army does, and clan rats do it. Fucking real good. Yeah. So you've got two weapon options with clan rats. You've got the spear or the blade. Uh, the difference is the spear has a two inch range and a five up to hit. The blade has a one inch range and a four up to hit. Uh, I think take the blade every time. Yeah. 25 uh, bases, take the blade. Yeah, and they're not there to kill stuff. You just Any wounds they do as a bonus, they're there to be um, in the way. So you just want that extra hit. You're never really going to have three ranks attacking in a meaningful way. Um, the standard bearer, this unit can retreat and still charge later in the same turn. Yeah, this is a really good rule. Uh, the thing to be careful about with this rule to make sure you play it right is... Clan rats can't run and charge. So that retreat, you have to move six inches and no more. Yeah. Um, I used to play this wrong just because I didn't understand the game until I clicked. And I was like, oh, shit, I've been doing that wrong. Um, and I'm sure it's really easy to play that rule wrong. Yeah, um, man, I did it too. I did it as yeah. well. I because if you can... Retreat always had a, had, a, had a D6 in it. Because you got that plus two to run. So then they can retreat 14 inches and then charge something if you play it wrong. And that's yes. fucking stupid. Uh, and that, if that was the case, that would be amazing. Um, then, yeah, yeah. So that's that's still a really good rule because you can reposition, and if you need to get a few more hits, in, you can. You can't get or tied you, up. You can get your models back around onto the objectives, like what they exactly. want to be doing. And it's efficient. repositioning, and that's one of the strengths of Skaven is repositioning. So that's what that's all about. Um, Storm vermin. Yeah. Storm vermin. Let's do it. Oh fuck! I wish these guys were good. Yeah. They're yeah, they, the war scrolls good. Like the war the scrolls fine, but they're fucking yeah. so expensive. They're poor, they yeah. feel like they should. How many points are there? Uh, one twenty for ten. Oh yeah, that's a bit shit. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Especially it's like great you, swords. When you compare it to clan rats, they've gone down a bit, but it's and max unit of forty for four fifty. The issue is uh, they're meant to be the elite unit, and they're pointed yeah. like an elite unit, but they don't deliver like an elite unit. I'd like to see them 160 for 20. Mm. Yeah. No no massive regiment discount. Make them 160 for 20. I'd just like to see them on the table more. Yes. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're so cool. Yeah. And they are like, they're the elite dudes. They know they've got big spears, two inch range, two attacks, fours and threes, ran one, damage one. So really it's threes and twos, ran one, damage one. Yes. I tell um, it. But, but it's a quarter of your army if you're doing that yeah. because it's 450 points. Like, um, no. If you play against these guys on Vermintide, fucking hell, they're a beast. I don't know if yeah. you like their game much. But they are, they are like the elite of the elite sort of thing. It's stupid. Anyway, what they should be. Um, they've got the same retreat and charge and plus two to run rules as clan rats. You can make them real fucking good if you buff, give them more attacks and rerolls and death frenzy, but just the points. That's all. It's always, they keep going down a little bit, but never enough. Um, so now we're moving into Clan Molder. So this stuff mostly is not competitive. 
So yeah. we'll just, I'll just speak real briefly on a couple of these. If you're running a clan model list, pack masters are great because they buff your other units. Plus one to hit, plus one to charge, and double bravery. Um, I think I got that right. Something like that, anyway. I think you got that right as well, yeah. Uh, Master Molder, he's basically a hero version of the Packmaster. Um, same ability, crack the whip, but his command ability is you can bring back, when a Clan Molder pack unit dies, you can bring it back on a 5-up for a command point, and you can do that once a phase. Um, you can get that to a 4-up with the Battalion or a um, command trait, um, which is fun, but it's not reliable or competitive. Um, he's the dude who get, makes hell pits better, so you can give your hell pit D3 wounds extra and reroll ones to hit um but yeah pretty average really if you're running a clan model list you'll have at least one of these but help it abomination this guy's worth talking about because he's fucking good in combat he's super good in combat maybe the best single model in combat in the book um getting him there is the challenge yeah. He's got a 2d6 move and a 5 up save and 12 wounds. Yeah, it's fucking unreliable when he can 2D6 be taken off pretty easily. Painful. Yeah. Um, Avalanche of Flesh. Um, oh, sorry, I'll go through the attack profile a little bit. So, Teeth have 6 attacks, 3 and 3, rend 3 at full strength, going down to rend 1, uh, damage 2. The Fists have 6 attacks at full strength, 3 and 3, rend 1, damage 3. An avalanche of flesh is you roll a dice for each model within three inches and um, starts off on a two-up, goes to a six-up, doesn't water wound, so you can wipe out. And you can re-roll that on a charge, so you can wipe out hordes with that super easy. You heal D3 wounds a turn, uh, you ignore spells on a four-up, and when he dies, you roll a dice. On a 5 or 6, he comes back to life with D6 wounds. On a 3 to 4, he does D3 mortal wounds to everything within 3. And on 1 one or 2, he just dies. Um, you can dread a death frenzy this dude, or regular death frenzy this dude, actually, uh, just for a bit more fun. Yeah, if you get him into combat, he will fuck shit up real good. But it's real hard to get him into combat. Uh, he's pretty well pointed, I think, at 240 for what he does. Um, it would just be nice to have him be a bit more consistent with the move. Seems expensive for the rest of the book. Like, given the price point for what you're getting everything else at, it just seems pretty pretty expensive in my mind. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Like, siloed, he seems all right at 240 I think. But, yeah, it's a pretty cheap book. Um, I love this dude, though. He's, he's so much fun. But it's real hard to put him in a competitive list, even though you know he'll excuse me he'll do stuff when if he gets in but real hard to get him in uh rat ogres are the other molder unit i'd just like to talk a little bit about they they're, on way, paper. they're way too expensive but they're really good in combat um so their melee attack is four attacks each four four up three up rend one damage two if they've got pack masters nearby that becomes a three up three up rend one damage two if you've got the Master Molder with his artifact nearby that re-rolling wounds. Uh, every six to hit does two hits instead of one. Uh, the thing is that 100 points for two of them, and they got four wounds and a five-up save. Mm. Um, so, yeah, again, sort of like... So ex- too expensive? You'd like to yeah. 80? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, You'd, you'd see more of them around then, because they are good in combat, but... It's kind of like the helper, and any all the clan molder stuff is 
good and fun, but yeah. it doesn't really hit that competitive stride. Yeah, it's taking away from models on the board at that point, isn't it? Like 100 points is just about 20 clan rats. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's more than 10 plague monks. Like, it's... yeah, if you're going up against Beast of Chaos, yeah, bring your rat ogres, you'll be fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Shots at Tom Lay here. <laughs> yeah, oh, he actually managed to beat my model list once. Uh, he was pretty happy. Um, go top, so, yeah. love it. I brought the Thankwall and the Warpseer back next time to, to punish him. <laughs> uh, giant rats, just to uh, remind him of what just he was up punch him into the ground. Poor Tom, goats, man. Why are you killing his fun? Uh, I'm gonna skip over rat swarms, yeah, it's not really Fucking much to talk about. Good. Who cares? Good. Giant rats, similar, yeah. they used to be so good, but now they're not. Yeah. Um, because for each, it used to be the more you had, the more attacks you got, and it got stupid. But now they're not. Um, so that's all the Molder units. Now we're going into Eshin units. Uh, the Death Master is absolute trash, unfortunately, because he's a super cool model. And he's supposed to be a little assassin, and he pops out of combat in the combat phase, pops out of a unit, um, and he does nothing. So, yeah. Um, next unit is Gutter Runners. Fuck, I love these dudes. They're so good. These are the ones you had at Leapmar? Yes, I've used them the last two tournaments. Yeah. Um, they, they're not like game-breaking or amazing. They're just really, really, really good. Um, so we'll spend a bit of time on these. And we're near the end of the book. So I think that's fine. Um, yeah, man. Seven-inch move, five-up save, one wound each. Uh, a little bit faster than a normal rat. Which is... Well, you'd think so, but because of the clan rats have plus two to run, they're actually slower. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of unfortunate. That's the only thing I'd really want to change about them is to make them faster than clan rats when they run. Um, yep. Gutter runners are 60 for 10. 60 f- yeah, 60 for 5, sorry. And 200 for 20. Um, their shooting attack is two attacks each. Fourth to hit, five to wound, and the rain damage one. Their melee attack is two attacks each, threes to hit, fours to wound, rend one, damage one. Um, they run and shoot, which is cool. Um, their throwing stars, if you hit, so that, that ranged attack, if you get a six to hit, it's two hits instead of one. Um, their main sort of trick on the war scroll is they deploy. They, they're ambush. They're an ambush unit. So you can set them off off the battlefield, and then you have to do this at the end of your first movement phase. Uh, you set them up wholly within six of the board edge and more than nine from enemy units. Mm-hmm. Um, so h- how much uh, ten of these guys? Um, 120. And a hun- ten Storm Vermin is 120 as well, right? Yes. So these guys have the same profile but the other way around with one inch less range and all these other rules yeah 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 um yeah i love these dudes they're real so i've been running a unit of 20 for 200 points um in my list that has a deceiver in it um so there's a bit of synergy there not doesn't mean they have to babysit each other but the having the deceiver there because he's an eshin hero it means i can pick an enemy unit to be the assassination target, which the gutter runners could then reroll wounds against. Um, that's really good for the throwing stars because they wound on a five up. So you're going to get a shitload of hits in, 
real easy. You're going to come in off the board edge, throw your stars at someone, get heaps of hits, and then get fuck all wounds out of it. Yeah. But if you're managing to hit that hero that you've picked, um, those, those wounds become a lot more... Um, when they get into combat, they are really, really good if they get to hit first. Um, if they do, if they get hit first by the enemy, they'll die because they're really fragile. Um, but yeah, they'll. I've had them, the last couple of tournaments I've had them, one's wiped out one of those big ogre dudes on a woolly mammoth. I don't know what it's called, Frostlord or some shit, I don't know. They've all got silly names. Um, and a unit of, I think it was 10 Blood Knights um these gutter runners wiped out so yeah well, two attacks twos and threes minus one yeah that's, and actually um, for, i forgot helpful. about the plus one to hit rule on them um i think the whole the whole of the both of those tournaments and they still do really well um they're yeah they're fucking good coming in off the board edge is great the the only sort of unfortunate thing there is it has to be turn one um, if you could hold it back to turn three, that would be amazing, but it's still really good. Um, yeah, having them do that, they then have to make a nine-inch charge if you want them to get if you want to get them into combat. But um, they can still throw. Yeah, their, they're still uh, going to do something. And so if they don't get into combat, it's not the end of the world. And then they are there somewhere where your opponent probably doesn't want them to be, and then they have to commit something to moving over to take care of them. Um, so that can be the other thing. They're not, they've basically never been alive at the end of the battle, but they've pretty much always done their job when I've put yep. them in the right place off the board edge. Um, yeah, it's annoying to make a unit turn around and have to deal with them, right? Like, there's enough wounds there that you need to put something decent into them. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because but... they're super easy to kill, but if they just ignore them, they're gonna those gutter runners are gonna mess up your backline. Yeah, yeah, they're they're gonna kill a support hero and and start chilling in the back of your units and tying your units up, right? Like that's sort of their intention. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing about their um, that Eshin rule where you get to pick a hero to reroll wounds against is that's after um, armies have been set up. So if you see oh this little support hero is being left wide open to some gutter runners, and you pick that dude and they're way more likely to kill him. Hmm. Uh, Night Runners. So they're your pre-game move unit. That's very yeah. similar, but so like ba- baby gutter runners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not as not as good. Would uh, you really just taking these guys for the pre-game move, and that's about it? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, pre-game cheap. move, thirty-six inches. It's not bad. Cheaper oh, yeah. than Marauders. Uh, Eighty points for ten. Yeah. Yeah. How many points, yeah. Marauders? Uh, 150 for 20. So you could have two screens pushing out, or yeah, you'd probably just take two screens pushing out if you wanted to do it, or even one. One screen's enough as well. Yeah, I've, I've done two, yeah. two units of 10 pushing out. Different. I think Marauders are going to kill stuff, whereas these guys aren't. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've got the likeness to just roll one inch though, and that might not be as as much as you need. Whereas these guys get a 2d6 uh, pre-game move. Yeah, so they're cool if you've got an extra few points and you need that's really good against stuff like zinch or ko yeah. or stuff like that meta um, dependent or, yeah so it's kind of one of the more defensive units of skaven that's not actually defensive but is once you put it down on the table and use it um so that's all the war scrolls i guess we didn't actually skip that many there are more good war scrolls in this no, bro. <laughs> 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 I was about five hours like, shit 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 no it didn't happen 
Don't be sorry, man. So you, lo- you love the book. It was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You drove the podcast. I went and had like a conversation with my spouse. I went to the toilet. <laughs> I had about four drinks the whole time while you were talking. It's fine. That's you good. drove it and it was all good. Hey, we've I still just... got endless spells to go. Oh, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> just, I hope there wasn't any naughty words in use with, that I have to edit out and I'm not aware of. Um, nah, but that's fine. That's fine. So it's pretty. It's a pretty comprehensive review there, bro. It's it's a lot in there, and um, it's a lot of hopefully units that people weren't, you know, aware of previously. Everyone's aware of storm storm fiends and the, you know, and the endless spells, the um, the warp lightning and so on and so forth. But it'll be interesting to see if, you know, other people agree with you or they disagree or, or, or what's the play. It sucks that storm vermin aren't actually that good, and I'm looking at some of the models now and. Fuck, man, some of these models are very old, eh? Skaven um, models? Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of them are pretty true. Night Runners, Gutter Runners, Rat Ogres. Uh, the Gutter Runners I've got are they're from the, I think they're from like the batch before the ones that are out now, but they actually look better, I think, than the ones that are out now. Yeah. I just got them off Trade Me, so I'm not sure. Um, so, do you want to quickly. Since we're here, since we've committed so this far, so far, do you want to quickly touch on the endless spells or what you like? I mean, there's only three of them, so I guess you probably like all of them, right? Uh, I like two of them. I like one of them. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I like three of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> they've got rats on them, bro. They're my favorite. Uh, Vermintide. This is the one that's just a big bunch of rats running over some ruins. Uh, this is probably the worst one. Um, it's kind of like the Scuttle Tide, but with rats, and it doesn't it's come out of a terrain piece. Nowhere near as good as Scuttle Tide. Nah, it's not. It's nowhere near. Get that thing out of here. It, but it just does mortal wounds to something if they finish a move within three. Yeah, yeah it's just like the yeah. racist swords. Shooting yeah, it doesn't affect Skaven. Yeah. So what the, what you actually use this for? It does it's mortal wounds, but blocking that, space. I assume. Yeah, yeah. blocking space because Skaven can move over it, but. Um, Anything else can't. Um, I actually once brought this to a game against a Skaven player and then put it down and then I realised, oh, this doesn't affect either of us. This is, <laughs> this is fucking useless. Um, <laughs> but it's a cool model. I don't know. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, cheap. Vortex? What do you reckon? So uh, I see a lot of people taking it in KO lists and I fucking think it's garbage in KO lists. So I'd yeah. like to see what you think about it. And, um, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what I think about it, and then you tell me why you think it's garbage and KO. Um, okay. When it was so, it it basically is a little triangle of mortal wound, mortal wounds, and um, movement debuffs that happens. A when you cast it, it does mortal wounds, and then in every movement phase after that, it does mortal wounds to anything within six inches. Uh, it's got quite a big footprint, and it also means you can't run and you can't fly if you start a normal move within six inches of it. Um. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. But when it was twenty six inches, it was so good you had to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that it's a thirteen inch range, it's not so good that I can justify ever taking it in my list. Um, it's good on the eighteen inch deployments. I'll tell you that. Yeah, are, are definitely still the... has a place. I just haven't used it much because it's a hundred points that I 
Personally, I'd rather very Braille. expensive. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's like the other place, Comic Bro. Not to try take this back to Stormcast, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> where it used to be very good when it first came out. I mean, the other place hasn't had any rules changes or points changes, but it just seems obsolete now compared to what's out there on offer, because yeah. the selection is now so good. I mean, Everblaze was one of the first, and you're like, holy fuck, that's amazing. But now you're just like, oh, yeah, it seems average, and it seems like it costs a lot of points. So um, I would argue that the Warp Lightning Vortex, though, has a bigger impact on the game. I oh, mean, it has, it has, yeah. has lesser range, but it has a bigger footprint. So, And it doesn't just do damage like the Everblaze does. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess the Everblaze does make you minus one to cast, but the movement one is fucking huge. Yeah, so it stops you running or flying. Start within six. You can also, if you're clever and lucky, you can put this and the soul snare, soul snare shackles and wrap it, wrap them around a unit. Mm. Uh, and because they can't fly, they can't move out of that. Well, um, what, so what you're saying is, if you're clever and your opponent's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yes. Then you can do both of them. Actually, you don't have to be time. clever. You just have to read about this on the internet. Um, yeah. But if you're lucky and you get both spells off and you're within range, you could like trap a bloodthirster. That's just a kind of cool and, thing. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to have an opponent like me because this might have been done to me at some point. I've I've never yeah. actually done. So I just I just yeah. gave up on the game as soon as this happened. I was like, I'm done. I'm fucking out. I don't That's give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being real good against those um, Celestar ballistas. Because you drop them out of the sky and then point them down. Ah, uh, they can never get out. Yeah. Only yeah. both three inches, so yeah. Yeah, against dwarves, it's real good. But like against like deepkin or something, it's, it's not that good. Um, I, what I'd really like doing with this is putting it on an objective and then putting all my clan rats on that objective. Because I don't give a fuck if my clan rats die. Uh, that's what they're there for. If I kill them instead of my opponent, like that's fine. Um, but then it makes your opponent not want to come within. It makes them not want to put their big, expensive, fragile, special units near that vortex. Yeah. So chuck it on an objective. Anyway, Tubbs, why do you think it's trash in KO? Well, I like this. Why I don't like it in general. So I was never the biggest fan of it, but um, the setup range is short, so that makes it very difficult to use where you realistically want to use it now in Skaven. Uh, if you allied it into something like KO. I don't think it does enough damage output for 100 points. I think it's yeah. overpriced at 100. I think if you dropped it down to 80 and left it exactly how it's been changed to, uh, it would see some play. I would yeah, prefer uh, the Stormcast comma over the Vortex. That's that's me. Um, uh, it's you're, you're paying 100 points to set something up not too far away, but it does have good reach. But when you're reaching it like that, you don't have multiple, uh, what are they, vortexes uh, yeah. within range of a unit. So realistically, you're fishing for a 4 plus, at best a 3 plus, uh, to do D3 yeah. mortal wounds, which is fucking, it's okay, but take any other endless spells and you'll guarantee do D3 mortal wounds. So you've, you've got a 50-50 there. You could do twice as much as something that just is a flat D3, or you could do none. Uh, and there's the opportunity to do D6, but it's a 1 in 6 chance. Like You've got 100 points on something that you can't move. It's very hard to get it back off the board to uh, cast it back into a different position. If you don't have that artifact, I, I, it's too expensive at 100 points. It was negative yeah. how it started, where you set it up all the way across the board, put it all through your opponent's army. 
and then the damage was crazy but with the setup range i don't think it does enough damage yeah that was that was the issue was you'd start a game and your opponent would cast it immediately for your whole army and you're like sweet yeah. it'll hit you in the hero phase and hit you in the end of the movement phase and you're like oh cool like i really i really really like the you cannot run or fly yeah the, that part that of it great. is fucking awesome like that that part of it's really strong it's really good i like the reach that it has but the damage output is just doesn't excite me at all like i'd take a pendulum and gemnids and that will cost me 10 more points than this thing and i'd fucking absolutely guarantee that pendulum and gemnids will do more damage than this thing does and people will be dispelling it because yeah. they have to putting it back into your army throwing it around again like yeah I'd, yeah not enough damage output too expensive worth noting also that a charge move doesn't stop them from flying it's only a normal move or a pylon move doesn't oh, stop them cool. from flying yeah 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 i didn't know that and a... and the uh yeah the other bad thing about it is it's casting value eight so mm. in an army that doesn't have a lot of pluses to cast it's quite hard to cast so when i ran this i had thankful in there and that was part of thankful's job was to cast this and that it was no i wouldn't even try casting it with anyone else really because i'd put him next to a nor hole this was when it was 26 inches so he'd start off next to a nor hole so he'd be on plus three to cast and then he'd more often than not cast a spell and chuck it into the enemy's deployment zone um which wasn't really fair it's a bit of no fun but whatever who cares about that um so my, <laughs> love it. Lock my, it on. Alienate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it anymore, so it's okay. Um my favorite spell out of the scaling range at the moment is the Bell of Doom. This is really good ninety percent of the time. And I say that because you got a roughly ten percent chance of uh rolling a thirteen um on three dice. So when you cast the spell is casting value of six um, you set it up wholly within 13 inches of the caster. Roll three, di- roll 3d6 after this model is set up or finishes a move on a roll of 13. Each unit within 13 inches of this model suffers d3 model wounds. This model is then dispelled. And what it does is do not take battleshock tests for Skaven tired units while they are within 13 inches of this model. Uh, that's not wholly within, that's just within 13. So that's what makes this really, really good. Yeah. Um, it was if you don't have room for a screaming bell or the vermin lord warps here, this is your um, battleshock immunity. It's just way less reliable than either of those. How many so, points is it? Uh, Forty, I think. So with Skaven and, and um, just to go a bit higher level for a sec before we get back into this spell itself. When you're playing Skaven, one of the first things you want to think about in writing a list is how am I going to make myself immune to Battleshock? Uh, because you need to. Um, so you've got three, the three main options there. Well, there are four options, really. There's an artifact called Snout Gravel Robes, which is a 13-inch Holy Within Battleshock community bubble that can go on a Master Clan hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of redundant, though, because really the only one it's going to go on is a Gracier, maybe the Vermin Lord Warpseer. But your Gracia can die, your Vermin Lord Warps here already has ability to make Battleshock immunity with a command point. So it's a bit redundant. Um, So the Screaming Bell is the most reliable one because that's just always on and it's real hard to kill. Um, 
holding within 13 inches, you'll do its own means battle shock. Um, the next sort of best one, I think, is the warps here. 26, holier than 26 inches, so that's really, really good. It just costs you a command point, so you're spending that resource. And you can easily run out of those command points um, later in the game. Um, and then, yeah, sort of your third option is the Bell of Dooms, 40 points. You cast it and everything within 13, so it doesn't have to be wholly within. So you can string out your clan rats and have one model within 13 um, in the Battleshock phase. Um, and they're immune to Battleshock. You can do that thing where, say, you, you got a big unit of clan rats strung out and they get hit and you take a lot of models off. You just leave one model within 13 of this. Then in the Battleshock phase, you don't have to take a Battleshock test. And at the end of that phase, you just take that one model off because he's out of coherency. Um, so you've lost one model instead of 20 or whatever. Um, the sort of downside of this is it's a spell. And if you're smart enough to deploy it just within range of someone who can unbind it, like I did against Tubbs last time we played, then it's gone. Um, and you're fucked if you haven't thought about the sort of mitigating that with inspiring presence which um i didn't in that yeah. one game so i think i like it as a secondary to your battleshock immunity but i don't like it as uh, your primary source of battleshock immunity at all yeah and that's Re that's where i went wrong with it was getting too comfortable with it staying there yeah and then I yeah, I, think you, the... I started using it as the primary where originally i was using it as my secondary and yeah. then yeah the issue is that the casting value this this is the one where you want the you know the same casting value as the warp lightning vortex uh but it unfortunately is a six which isn't too bad uh but it is average to pull off the table yeah the other thing is that it moves right yeah moves seven yes. inches yeah so if you're playing another army with offensive endless spells the offensive endless spells are going to interact with this endless spell and give you uh, put yourself in a negative position. So <clears throat> say we're going into priority. Uh, I've got Gemnids out, uh, a Pendulum, and you've got the bell down. So no matter who wins, either I'm going to grab your bell and pull it away from you. <clears throat> oh, sorry, going into a double turn, getting double turn, something like that. The, I can't word this properly. Uh, <laughs> and so when you've got that many endless spells pushing through, you're not going to want me to push both Gemnids and the Pendulum through you and yep. risk losing your bell because you can't put that back out in between. So you can't keep your Battleshock immunity up. So what it's either doing is it's meaning that you have to push uh, a damage spell like Pendulum or a damage debuff spell like Gemnids away from yourself and then lose your Battleshock immunity from your bell or you have to take both of those damage and debuff spells, but keep your Battleshock immunity. And I don't think the trade-off's worth it at that point. So I think there's, there's multiple scenarios where the bell is absolutely not worth, worth 40 points and it's too much. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, in the right scenarios or as used as a secondary Battleshock immunity, I think it's worth it. Uh, I'd maybe drop it to 30 points but like really you're getting picky there I, I don't think you can complain about it for 40 points but i think nah. you've got to be really careful about it and you, yeah, you, you, you need to watch like your, your cp and your, your hero positioning and shit when you're using this model yeah definitely. it's a funny one it's real interesting 
it's it's good and it's bad and it's got the opportunity to blow up as well and take itself off the board so that's the other thing and that <laughs> that won't happen point. until you take it to a tournament and cast it turn one of every game and then it blows up yeah every fucking time yeah. um but this is a great thematic skaven spell i think it's Oh, you know, it, 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 it um, takes care of your biggest weakness, but it also can absolutely fuck you, um, which is what Skaven's all about. So, yeah, Skaven aren't reliable. Yeah, that's, um, that's the point of Skaven. Is that exactly. You can do some big dick or some shit, but it can also blow up in, in your face and screw you. Yeah, and that's what makes it a lot of fun to play, even when you're losing. Um, is Yeah, quite often you're losing because you've just blown up all your shit. <laughs> and you tr- at least you're like well at least i tried well you're still killing something aren't you yeah exactly yeah yeah yes boy you got it um any sort of summary comments or anything else you want to make of the old skaven mitch because obviously you're you're quite in love with him oh yeah. i've got i've got one before mitch goes yeah, if you it's pretty get, rude if you get to the end of the skaven book on the last page, there's a what's next. So if you read this book and you decided you want this army but to be more fun, you pick that one. <laughs> They're not that dissimilar armies, are they? <laughs> They're the same, bro. It's chaos and destruction. You're just choosing brown or green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skaven's better than Gits, but Gits is probably a little bit more silly, unless you go pure sky. Um, it's, yeah. it's the second racist comment you've made tonight. What happens if you don't <laughs> see colour? Um, um, I don't know, you're probably not painting your models with as much scrutiny as any other people. So, I don't know. Just waiting for some homophobic remarks out of you and, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. Wait till we go off off recording. Um, <laughs> yeah, sort of general comments on the scave and just to sort of talk about them where they are in the meta right now is all that, sh- like, if that book that came out 14, 15 months ago came out now, it wouldn't make nearly the splash that it did at the time, I think. Um, do you guys Correct. agree or disagree with that? Yeah. yeah. Well, what was the book before it? Was it Beasts of Chaos? Yeah, I think so. So, so we had AOS 2 drop. We had Skaven and Nighthorn. And then I think we had Beasts of Chaos. And did we have anything over Christmas? I could be wrong. I think Gloom Spite came out before Skaven. Yeah, no. Gloom Spite was did the it? Christmas reveal. Yeah. Because they did all those little Christmas videos and then they did Skaven and Flesh Eaters. Yeah. And it was just after King concert, it must have been February. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to take into account. If if you're wanting to get into this army, um, don't expect it to be the top top of the meta. Still um, pretty good. Yeah, Still so absolutely pretty good. Yeah. You can you can find things Not in this book to, to, to do pretty much whatever you want. Um there's lots of little things. There's a huge book. It's gonna be, it's gonna last a long time uh and it's going to get better and it's going to get worse again um just stick with the army if you're going to play the army um practice moving models around the board because it'll take you if you want to play lots of clan rats it takes you a while to move them you just got to keep doing it to get quicker at it i think um there's a lot of rules in here that are easy to get wrong so make sure you read up on that like for example all the stuff like that gives you plus one to cast a lot of the time it doesn't give you plus one to unbind and dispel so just make sure you're getting that right um like that retreat and charge with clan rats make sure you're not running as part of that retreat if you want to charge um yeah things like that get used to 
figuring out what 13 inches looks like on the table because you guess once you've got that sussed you can eyeball oh, everything <laughs> um yeah that's it they're a cool army man like and there's so many models it's just some of them are a bit bit crap and old and a bit expensive like Giselle's 97 dollars for a unit of three in new zealand oh. yeah stuff like that yeah. there's, there's a bit of a sting there's heaps of ways to like uh convert this army up though if you're into that sort of thing like if you're in sort of yeah. the, the hobby oh. cutting it up you'd seen you can do a quick search on um, twitter or google or something and you'll see heaps yeah. of cool, cool ideas and it's a great for expensive models like acolytes and gisales things like that you don't even have to be good at converting either because you think nah. oh a sentient rat made this thing it's not going to look perfect nah. uh and if you're like me who's really good at or not very good at putting models together and when i like try and take the mold lines and stuff off i like accidentally chip into the model it's like yeah who cares like <laughs> yeah pretty much eh? yeah um but yeah and if if anyone wants to like talk to me about skaven just do it i'm on all the twitter where, and facebook and all that crap where that's that's a great segue yeah. bro where do people like find yourself. you uh in my house most of the time, even without the lockdown, I'm just generally at home. <laughs> uh, but on Twitter, I'm... some sweet slippers. Yeah, yeah. Me and Sean, I've got matching slippers um, for oh, all those who need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing them right now. Matching. matching Skaven armies, eh, Sean? Your secret, uh, secret Team Wars list. It's going to say matching piercings, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we do. We both have no piercings, as far as I know. Uh, um, uh, I will show you something next time we have a drink. Okay, gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now. Where can people find you, Ken? Oh, yeah, bitch party on Twitter. That's bitch underscore underscore party. Uh, miniature Mitch on Instagram. It's got some pictures of my Skaven models. And you're not badly painted as well. Just regular. FYI, they're not, they're not badly painted. No, they're really well Thanks. Painted. Yeah. We've done well on those. I've, actually, I've always wished there was a, a most painted award at tournaments. Not just mm -hmm. best painted, but most painted. Because yeah. I just win that every time. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed talking about Skaven for about three hours. It's, it. it's been one good. of my favorite things to do. So thanks for indulging me. No, dude, it's it's... Our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Well spoken. You know what you're talking about. It's good to hear. Um, you're obviously very passionate about it. More passionate than I am about my favorite army. So it's, it's good to hear some of that come through. And um, hopefully, you know, Skaven was a really, really sort of, it was a big bad. It was a big schoolyard bully for about four months last year until Sonish came along. And then everyone forgot about Skaven. And then in the UK, I noticed I started running some dirty scrollers that you're sort of talking about before with the, um, the Storm Fiends and the rerolls and all that sort of shit, and they're just blowing people off the board. Yeah. Uh, I think Dan Bradshaw and Ben Sever um, were running those sort of lists. So it's, um, you know, it's good to give people a refresher that the scavens out there, and they can definitely do some shit. So yeah, it'll be interesting can... to see what happens in the, the, new, the new GHB, which no doubt was supposed to come out well i mean what well, april now was supposed to come out in probably like two or three months but fuck knows with the old the old covid going on right now yeah as to what's going to happen um but it'll be interesting to see if they get because it's like 
the Warhammer world is very re- I'm going to start ranting. Warhammer world is very reactionary, and they're they're all like, ah, oh, ah, oh, Sanesh, ah, oh, Sanesh, you know, or ah, oh, Skaven, and then there's like a change or something new comes out. Everyone fucking forgets about it, eh? Like I think Flesh Eater Courts is good fucking army right now, but everyone's forgotten about him because the Terror Guys isn't doing a million wounds to you anymore because the Keeper of Secrets was. So everyone's complaining about Keeper of Secrets. Now Keeper of Secrets ain't doing a million wounds to you because it's Osiarch. But now Osiak isn't doing anything because it's Zench now or KO. And because they're not doing anything to you now, it's it's Seraphon properly when the tournament season opens up again. So um I mean unless you get a book like Sylvanair, you got fucked. But everyone just remembers the current bully and like the current big bad. So it wouldn't surprise me that in the next General's handbook if you saw some points winding back for Skaven and then Skaven coming back out onto the table because they're GW's own IP. They're like the most iconic army that GW have ever made because they haven't ripped it off anyone else. <laughs> yeah. uh, like all their 40k shit's just been ripped off somewhere else and all their other fantasy shit's just been ripped off Tolkien. So, like, it's their own original IP. So it'll be amazing to see what they do with, um, you know, in the next couple of holes. When the world gets back to normal, what it is. If something comes out, there has been rumours that it's meant to be a... a a Skaven book coming out, um, not a like all encompassing Skaven book. I can't remember. Was, I think that's all matter on Clan Ashen. Yeah, book. The rumor is Clan Ashen. Yeah, uh, bro, I'd, I'd love that because they're the they might be the coolest clan in terms of like their look and feel and narrative and stuff like that. I know a lot of people who aren't Skaven players who have told me they would just pick up a Clan Ashen army if it yeah. came, if they were good and they had yeah. good models. Um, it's ninjas, right? Like everyone. Yeah. Ninja, ninjas. Ninja rats. Everyone thinks ninja net ninjas is cool. Yeah. It's it'll be it'll be pretty cool. I mean, so we've got we've got Luminev coming out, we've got Sons of Oh, those giant models, by the way. I'm not a giant player, but those are fucking cool. Yes. Um so that, that's two armies. Apparently there's a Stormcast uh, coming out. So it's Vermin Lord head on one of those giants and it's gonna be sick. <laughs> yeah. And I think they've got the scaling right as well for you know to, to the credit, I think GW have got the scaling right. They're pretty fucking... And they're muscular as well. They're like... Yeah. They're probably about as, as strong as Tubby is. Um, so... Probably pretty, about as strong as a giant, yeah. Pretty ripped. Um, so you'll be interesting to see if how many other new releases there are for, for the old AOS because I always thought it was going to be a 40k year, but then again, I never thought it was going to be a pandemic year, so... That's year of the rat, bro. Well, bro, it's so, so, so accurate. It's, yeah. <laughs> As soon as GW opens up, they're going to be pumping shit out every week. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, there's no more of those. Here's an army, and here's it been released over seven fucking weeks. It's one box a week. And you're just like, shit, can't just give me the whole <laughs> fucking army so I can paint it. You know? Oh, they're uh, going to want to make some money, so you'd think so. Oh, they're going to want to recoup some of their losses, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah. Anywho, sorry, I've just gone on a bit of a tangent there. So no, it'll be it'll be interesting, and I think it's a good refresher for just to summarize it up. I think it's a good refresher for people to so remember that Skaven do exist in their thing, and they're a good army. So yeah, I think recently I think it was Sheffield Slaughter that the Skaven list came second, maybe two months ago. I think um, they can definitely still win. Yeah, they can still do it. And yeah. that list, um, it was sort of the stocks. Not I don't want to say stock standard. I don't want to take away anything from the guy, but. Vermin Lord, Warpsteer, Screaming Bell, Warlock Bombardier. It was either Gisales or Stormfiends, Clan Rats and Plague Monks. Um, yeah. That sort of thing is, just to sort of summarize, that's the main competitive generic, yeah. generic list. That's a good starting place. 
Um, do you think the endless spell spam Vermin Nautilus are still viable, or do you think not anymore? I don't know. I never used it. I always sort of toyed around with it, or toyed around with the idea of playing it. Uh, I never got around to practicing with it, so I didn't take it to a tournament. Yeah. I don't know if it is because I think there is so much stronger uh, casting now counters to that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, when Skaven were the sort of on the hotter side of being able to cast, yeah, that was a good list. I think you still had to play it really well because Vermin Lords aren't super killy. They're really good support monsters. Yeah, um, they're not. Like if you 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 look at them and you see a big monster with a big weapon and you're like, yeah, that dude's he must be killy, but they're not really. They're they're there to support your other stuff and be fairly durable. Um, so if you're running, so just to for anyone who doesn't know what Tubbs was talking about, there's a list of four vermin lords, uh, three units of twenty clan rats, and then you spend the rest of your points in endless spells. Um, and then you just sort of skid a leap around the table and casting endless spells and doing all that. I think that's a good list. I think it takes a lot of skill to play it though. So that yeah. guy, I know that guy who did well with it. Like, I can't remember his name, but I know Dan Bradshaw did well with that list. I know probably... a lot of people did well with that list, but yeah, that was at first release as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think yeah, you you definitely need to know what you're doing to to do well with that list. I think I don't know because I haven't played it. Um, but that's my assumption. Yeah. Oh, so I could talk about Skaven for another two hours if you guys want. Yeah. <laughs> keep asking me questions. I mean, you can keep going. I can go make myself another drink. And it's, it's fine by me. But no, no. We, no should probably, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got some real cool insight on this book. Um, yeah. And in advance now that it's been out for a long time from somebody that's played it the entire time. Yeah, and, and again, there was a lot of hype when it came out and it sort of just died off. And I think it's, I think you're right. I don't think it's like the top tier army, but I think it's pretty close. It's still real fucking like, good. Yeah. And, there's, yeah, and there's so many units, as we discussed, and so many combos that you can um, fuck around with it a bit and still be relevant and still do some shit, which will be, which will be pretty cool, I reckon. Yeah, if some of that Clan Molder or Clan Ashen stuff gets a little bit of a points drop or something, or if the sort of game and meta changes, then there's still stuff there like Rat Ogres, Help It, um, Gutter Runners that are good now anyway, but could be really good in a different situation that could be that could come to the top. Gutter yeah. Runners is one of those units where GW will have no idea, and they'll like take them down 20 to 40 points for no reason. Yeah, and on. then you're like, these guys have been just <laughs> fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they're on for a low key points drop in the next gen. Yeah, man. Be I hope so. Money. What the fuck happened just then? Was someone like rolling around on a waterbed or something? Oh, that's well, my creaky chair, bro. Sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, I think they're on for like a low key points drop because people have just forgot about them because they were the big bad and and this is just how it goes, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. The same. Remember when Zinch came back out? you know, in 2017 or whatever it was. And they were, like, so under-costed. And then GW were just like, fuck it, everything goes up 100 points. And everyone cried. Yeah. And then there was, like, another GHP, and then they halved the points, and there was another GHP and halved points again. And people started playing them, and then they brought in a new book, and we live in we live in their world now. So it's just sort of how it goes. Like, yeah. If it's, if it's not been talked about, if it's not endless. been talked about sort of about nine months before it's scheduled to come out, 
you're probably on for a points drop because that's sort of when they print. So. Yeah, it's just an endless cycle of filth. Uh, um, yeah. Dog chasing its tail at this point, but anyhow. Um, okay, I think that's it. I think we'll just wrap it up there. Otherwise, we're just going to keep making small talk for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and it is a school night. It is a Wednesday night. It's a school night. And it is creeping up 11 o'clock. And I haven't refilled my drink for a while. So, Mitch, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, you, my pleasure. You have awesome. been an Thanks, absolute guys. pleasure. And we very much. But I can't wait till we can see each other again and roll dice when oh, the guy tells us it's all yeah. right. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. No, not you, Tubby. Just me no. and Mitch. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'll stay out of it. I'll just play Warhammer in my garage, maybe. After yeah, well, this game or something like. Yeah, it's fucking it's all good. you've done ever. It's all right. Me and Mitch are going to go play some tabletop now. So it's all right. All right, listeners, thank you very much. And we'll be back in your ears as soon as we think of another topic and another guest to rope and and carry a load for us bye yeah
you singing proud. No 